I have to remind myself that some birds aren't meant to be caged. Their feathers are just too bright. And when they fly away, the part of you that knows it was a sin to lock them up does rejoice. But still, the place you live in is that much more drab and empty that they're gone. Let's just say it moved me to a bigger house! Oops, I said the quiet part loud and the loud part quiet. <laughs> Wintertime winds blow cold this season Fallen in love, I'm hoping to be Wind is so cold, is that the reason? Keeping you warm, your hands touching me Come with me dance, my dear Winter's so cold this year Wintertime winds blew and freezing Coming from northern storms in the sea Love has been lost is Welcome to the Tales in the East Island, episode 224 And it's me, Gary P, and of course, the prof, Carl We're back here, surprise midweek edition Crusaders costumes on, swords in hand Two overworked postal sorters We're lucky we have uh, an hour out of the day to even talk to you here Do you remember we actually recorded in work in the, in the fucking cupboard? That's I. I was reminded of that recently because, as I said on the show last time, I did my first night in five years, and that time five years ago was when we recorded in work, and uh, yeah, we actually made a bollocks of it as well. We, we made a mistake with the sound, but uh, that was quite funny. Mm. Sitting in the cupboard, and we won't say where, but yeah, we got it done in work on our break, of course, not in company time. Undisclosed location, I think we said at the time, <laughs> but we can reveal now. Five years later, it was actually in work. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so of course there's a credit in Ocean Electrical. Um, Ocean Electrical currently in Lapland, off Gallivant as usual, Leicester Credit. I don't know where they are, but Prof, it's Leicester Credit. They got you back at Christmas. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this week we have a roundup of all the well, off-season news. I'd like to welcome our new sponsors. Oh, who have we got? Qatar Airways. Qatar Airways, we yeah. Have, we've been bought out. <laughs> so uh, we have our new hosts. It's, I don't know, who's, who, I was going to think of some random generic Qatari name, but in fear of being labelled some sort of racist, I don't think I'm going to go down that road. Um, yeah, so we have a roundup of all the off-season news, and it's officially silly season, Prof. Um, a lot of madness going on, and it's our second last episode of the year, and winter is coming, Prof. It's our November Tifty's Hotline. It's a winter edition and it's off-season team to it. So some surprise appearances as well. Prof. Yeah, this was recorded in November. I know it's December now, but that's we, this was recorded ages ago. And uh, yeah, some very surprise appearances. So we won't. We normally read the names beforehand. In this case, we're going to read them out afterwards. Mm. So just to kind of let the surprise hit you. Yeah. So Oscar Janssen and Ray Kenny feedback. Prof. Ryan. He says, enjoyed the interview with Oscar Janssen. I think he eventually stopped calling us Shamrock when he realised that Prof kept saying Rovers when he remembered. We give him the eyes. We're like, <laughs> Rovers. Uh, actually, a few people um, quite liked it. I didn't know how that would be received. I liked Oscar. It was good, man. It was good. It definitely. was released before we went to Sweden. So, and a few people said to me at the time and actually enjoyed it. So, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely a timely release, Prof, for them. 
Uh, Giggsy. Giggsy Hand. Final Difties podcast of the season just finished. Was never into podcasts before lockdown. I started to listen to the lads to keep up to date with all things Rovers. Amazing podcast and kudos to Garen Prof. Long. May it continue. Thank you, Giggsy. Yes. Has his hands full with some uh, very, very young twins at the minute, so we're keeping them occupied, Prof. Yeah, kind words from Giggsy. Um, our last show was a Thursday evening release. Uh, this is a Monday morning, so all different times. I was asking Giggsy because his tradition is to listen on match day only. In the so, bath, no? So in the bath. I was done at Jamie Clean. <laughs> Somebody listening in the bath, dude. So even if we put out on a Wednesday, he wouldn't not he wouldn't listen until match day. So I was asking him, like, in the off season, what do you do then? Do you just listen to when it comes out immediately? But there, uh, so I think he does, yeah. Uh, Colin Nolan just listened to the final at East End Pod of the Year thanks for all the pods lads can't wait for the, for next year oh, I'll tell you what they're going to have a little surprise we'll have a few more coming prop before the new year there's a crimbo um, one there's a crimbo one yeah Christmas team me in my Santa underpants and we're going to have a musical session prop are we? Uh, guitars are banned every every time uh, I reach towards <laughs> the guitar props always just go no <laughs> see the shamrock jumpers now Christmas jumpers not actually Shamrock Robbers but it's like what does it say again it was in the chat oh I didn't even see are these one of these like uh, Shamrockin something are these one of these yeah. ones that are like these what are they called counterfeit Rovers tops that came out before well it's not actually Robbers it's just Shamrocks <laughs> but if we, if you or I wore it in work let's say people would assume it was a Robbers top I think we're, are we gonna go, are we gonna wear Christmas jumpers and Christmas I want to wear that one, yeah. We're, it's in, M- it's in 12th, MLS. 12th of December in the DPH, we so, have... Uh, we'll pick it up. We have a Christmas jumper day. Um, yeah, so Emma, this is the Wheats. She says, I'm finally getting around to listening to the latest East Ham pod episode. Some comments. I'm a geographer. If I ever seem lost on a European tour, send help. Yes, I still have Ray Kenny's jersey. It's framed and on the wall. And I stuck to the player of the year dress code. At least someone did, Prof. Yeah, she had the right idea. The, the dress with the green and white hoops... Um, so de- she definitely stuck with the dress code unlike others some people with their their robbers tops and their jeans which was highly questionable um, we did have also feedback from Stafford remember I put out last time I said imagine putting together a best 11 uh, of players who played in Tala this is a this you could have went on with this now yeah uh, this was Jay Mangan's uh, proposal Staff, so Staff sent in his team which this is hard to, well up front you've got like five or six contenders up front so I it's know, very yeah. hard but it's, this is a good team he's put together here he's gone with Donnarumma and goal who's the only choice recently because fortunately Casillas and Buffon neither of them came for those Juvent- Juventus Real Madrid, Madrid games uh, Dudek Dudek Jersey Dudek yeah. Yeah. so Donnarumma and goal Chiellini Bonucci they're the definite centre back pairings uh, Pepe Theo Hernandez or Marcelo and he's gone with Guti Schneider Del Piero Guti purely because he smells great <laughs> and he's gone with Kane Benzema and Ronaldo and he says fuck Ibrahimovic I was going to say that where's Ibra ah, you oh, got you got to bust that down in there yeah Del Piero he was also disgusted by your uh, proclamation that an early goal can be scored in the first 30 minutes Barney also chirped in and said first 15 I got a few slaps stall. for this one yeah now like I, I said I, 10 now I think an early goal do you know what I think it's because I'm spoiled with Rovers you know what I mean like an early goal against Rovers is before half an hour realistically like if you concede before half an hour like fucking first half an hour we concede a goal but I might have to fall back a little bit and say maybe 20 minutes we'll meet in the middle 
Well, especially in Europe, because remember I was saying last time that it killed the atmosphere by conceding the early goals. So in that sense, any first half goal, I was kind of considering a blow. But yeah, in general, I, I was always thinking 10, 15. So uh, yeah. yeah. Mick McCarthy prop says the ruddy Pats fan who goes to tell every week is real and he'll point them out to us. You know this is going to happen in the main stand. We're going to be walking by and we go, yeah. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. In that exact voice, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so some bad news, unfortunately. Lifelong fan and club volunteer Richard McGarry from Glenview, uh, going back to the Milltown days, sadly passed away. So we offer our condolences and respect to the uh, McGarry family. Yeah, I didn't know I didn't know Richard very well or anything, but there was a little period when the Heritage Trust was active and uh, Richie came on board and he wanted to help out with some of the, the memorabilia and the trophies and all that. Um, so I kind of... I was kind of around him a bit around that time. It was about 10 years ago. And uh, an absolutely lovely man. So I, rec- I, re- I recognised his name straight away. And I thought that was quite sad. You know? mm-hmm. So absolutely, yeah, condolences to the family. Um, there was also uh, Mick Megan, who played, for Ro- played and managed for Rovers in the 70s, passed away. He was actually Ireland's first ever manager, funny enough, because... What? I don't know if you know this, but um, the Irish senior team was picked by selectors. Oh, that's very guy, isn't it? Up until, um, what year? Kind of 69, 70 around that. That is very guy. Yeah, so it was like, remember that story we, we had in the podcast a couple of months ago? Um, from John Kyo about how he got called up. So the selectors picked him. And he had like a few hours to... Break into Milltown and get his boots, head over to Denny Mount. He comes over and the manager is like, doesn't even recognise him. Because the manager hasn't called him up. The manager hasn't picked him. The manager has this pool of 12 players that the selectors have picked. And then he... Runs the rule over them. And then he puts them into their positions oh, okay, and all okay, that. Okay, okay. 12? 12, because it'd be one man on the bench. Or maybe nuts. two at that stage. But So I think what happened was John Giles... Um, it would be him wouldn't it he, he had just won the league with Leeds and he got dropped for a game and he just thought this was ridiculous that the selectors dropped him and he was pushing for a, a proper manager being placed so was Mick Megan so Megan, so who, Megan so, was the first so when the selectors pick the team who actually gives you know, instructions and tactics on sideline and stuff like that Oh, there is a manager. Oh, so, yeah, I'll get you. Okay, okay. Just hasn't picked who's going to be in his squad. That's so, surely he has a say. He has a say who goes into his team. Or is he just plumped with 12 players? It's so, it's unbelievably amateurish, but that's how it was. That's crazy. Okay. So, it's a surprise. Like, he, he's coming in like, yeah. oh, who have I got? Oh, the hell, he's called him up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, To yeah. my team. Um. Yeah, prof. Four profs. McGregor is sniffing around. I'm not happy about this now. He'll do nothing. Um, that's the thing, right? So, personally, I don't think I, I'd like if he bought the props. We know it's up for sale. Apparently, he was in there and he was sifting around. He was half a million, it, isn't it? And he liked it, yeah. Half a million. I suppose he has the cash, but... He has the cash. He already owns the the Forge. Didn't he own the... Did he yeah. own the Marbler? No. Oh, he owns Marbler, but it's closed. It's been closed um, since COVID, yeah. There's a place, the Bow Club or some show out in Holt, but let's be honest. If he buys this... We're gone. 
He's not going to yeah. have us there on a, on a Saturday morning at 10 o'clock, <laughs> going to harps at 3, coming back at 2 in the morning, having the room to ourselves, our own DJ, doing what we want. What no to McGregor. Let's have with that. Yeah. We were with our pickets. Well, still one of my favourite memories is when we... It was 2021. We got that last minute on goal at Richmond Park. And we oh, were, my God. We were watching it in the, in the four probs because we still weren't allowed in the grounds at that stage. And uh, the Wack and Robbie Gaffney, who normally frequent the Pines... They, they had the time of their lives that night. And they had a little affair that night. I just night. remember them saying to me, they called me over and I was like, Prof, this is a Rover's pub. I think it was like a Carl Cairns moment. This is great. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the hotline, Prof. This one is another cracker. Prof has knocked it out of the park again. Questions. We don't have any A's or B's here, do we, Prof? We're, we're going for the 10 solid no. straights literally, questions. Literally 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, So I'll answer them real briefly. Right, so Rovers highlight of 2022. Choose one on and off the pitch. Um, Scoopy was great. Scoopy, late goal. Um, away to Scoopy as well. Over there, actually, I well, wasn't over there, but like the, the moment that we actually qualified. Uh, off the pitch. I, I think for me, as... I think, I think the... Personally, I think the Player of the Year awards went really well. I was really proud of that, how that went. But other than that, I think the, all the fans coming together off the pitch and kind of knowing each other and our big support away, travelling support away, I think mm. that was brilliant. Yeah, the late goals against Scooby and Shells. Uh, most people actually naturally do pick the Shells one for this. And off the pitch, take your pick from Europe, I suppose. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe Ghent. The, the, the amount of Ghent was a great show. That's how oh geez, I'm gonna get home for this one. How could I not pick the family's first European way trip? Uh do you think you number two, do you think your family or friends will move to the north stand when it opens next summer? Not a chance. Not a fucking chance. Well the Bay broke out in, in, in our chat. I won't be going near that. That's man. what inspired this question. Fucking elements, not a chance. Yeah, there's there's factors, isn't it? Like the wind will be in your face. Um it's, it sounds like it's gonna be more of a family stand anyway. Like the old not gonna move over there. It's one of those, you might go over for the first game to try it out, but then you'll be back to your regular seat. Uh, complete this sentence. The biggest obstacle the Rovers win in the four in a row is ourselves. <laughs> Possibly. That's our, we're our worst enemy at times, yeah. I think probably ourselves. Well, it's uh, if you're picking a team, it's obviously Derry, but you're also saying we if we make the right signings, we, we, we should pip Derry again. If we don't make the right signings, it's going to be very close. Be interesting. Uh, who's your number one player on your shopping list if you're Brad's? Sean McGuire. From Preston. I know it's a bit... It's a bit of a long shot. Sean McGuire. He'd be, yeah. he'd be magic. He'd be magic in this team. He'd score for fun. Sean McGuire. I don't really have a number one. Um, no, to be honest, from what McGuire I've seen... is a show. Yeah, from what I've seen from Keane, he kind of failed his audition once or twice. You know, when we played him, he didn't look too good. But listen, score, signing the top scorer from the league is definitely a good thing. I'll say Keenan then because yeah. um, as far as we know we, we've put a bid in for him so we definitely want him and uh, we, we'll, we'll call out the players that we've retained uh, number uh, five. for next season but Do you go to the FAO Cup Finals that Rob was involved in? Absolutely not No, never have Masochists Some there. people do I know like Orla Stanford for example it's a, a tradition she goes with her dad every year it doesn't matter who's playing Um. Some people go to every final, but no. If Robert's not playing, I don't go. 
Do you support another club aside from Rovers? And how did you start following them? And how often do you travel over? Jesus, I supported like 20 clubs when I was growing up. Middlesbrough, <laughs> Leeds, fucking Dortmund. I just, we never really had a club. Rovers was our calling, really. You were man, we were both Man United, really, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. We both liked Man United. You were a big Inter fan. You loved all the jerseys. Those jerseys always remind me of you. Um, Inter, yeah. Ronaldo and Vieira, you up front. We went to a United game, didn't we? It was terrible. It was actually Roy Keane's first game in charge of Sunderland. Yeah, it was terrible. I remember the Kenwin Jones. Yeah. 1-0, wasn't it? Skulls, maybe. Uh, who will win the World Cup? And do you or anyone know have strong feelings about Qatar's host? Ah, do you know what? I think we, I only thought of this in bed the other night where we missed a B. If we had got a hold of the players and asked them for predictions, that would have been brilliant. If we could have said top goal scorer, most assists, most reds, prediction who you're going to win, top, like the, the final. Yeah. Only thinking of that, but... Um, as far uh, I think the two best players in the World Cup at the moment have been Mbappe and, and Messi Messi's been brilliant he's just turned up for every game I don't think Argentina will do it I think they'll fall short I'm going to go Brazil or France possibly I think that person with that little bit of magic like Mbappe was outrageous in some of those games some of the things he did um, I think Brazil overall as a squad dark horses <laughs> I think they they possibly could do it you know their bench alone could win a World Cup yeah so um, yeah, I th- there. I think that's yeah, it. Yeah, I think Brazil. I do like this Uruguay team. I think there's some lovely, lovely players. Man, Valverde is a super player to watch. They were knocked out tonight, weren't they? I know, unbelievable, lovely, Brazil. lovely player though. Yeah, Brazil, France, or England, I think, are the only three who can. I know Spain have looked very impressive at times, but you saw the other night against Japan. Although you could argue that were they actually trying to win that game? Yeah. Uh, do we have strong feelings about Qatar as hosts? Um, honestly, man, I do, I don't think it's that far up. On my list of things that I'll boycott. I mean, if that's the case, I, like I'm not that I'm, I don't have any morals or I don't care about what happened in migrant workers and stuff like that. But realistically, what is me not watching that World Cup gonna do for anything? I have opinions about it and I don't agree with what went on. But realistically, if I boycott, mm. what's what's it gonna do? We'll talk a bit more about the World Cup in a while. Um, about that, those sort of controversies. But um, yeah, I get what you're saying. That's why I said beforehand. I'm not going to come out and say, I'm not watching this World Cup because then you just end up sitting down and watching it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, winter's coming, prof. What do you like and dislike about the season of winter? Christmas is great. Love Christmas. If you have kids. Love Christmas. Don't like cycling to work in the winter because it's Baltic and the wind cuts through you. Cuts through yeah. you. Yeah. A few people say it in their answers, uh, going to work in the dark, coming home in the dark. That's a bit depressing. Yeah. Um, so that would be one for me. Generally, I actually don't mind the season winter. Oh, I'm alright with it. I, like I always said, I'd rather we had really, really mental winters and that good weather. You know, in the summer, I'd I'd take that mm. instead of blandness all the way through. We're just middle of the road, so it's kind of especially when you're robbers fanatics. It, it winter ties in with your with robbers because we aren't playing for a few months. And you're kind of there's a build up to it coming back. There's the off season. There's the Shamrock rumors. Yeah. There's the the fixture list comes out maybe end of December. Yeah. And the pre season and the friendlies. So it's all kind of interconnected, especially if you're if you're always mad. But uh, the cold doesn't bother me. Uh, no, the darkness. It's, it's not that cold to bother you. The darkness is a bit depressing. It's but, not um, like outrageously cold that's going to bother you. You know what I mean? Hmm. Um, what do you usually st- when do you usually start suffering rovers withdrawals or do you find something new talk for yourself on, on Friday nights um, I find, found myself going out and having more grub and points and trying new places with, with my wife so um, 
I, I am. I was only talking to Ed Saul today about actually withdrawals, and it's not kicking in for me yet because we're we're a little bit busier, I'd, I'd imagine, than than most during the season. And uh, you in particular, I say you're loving the off season, just having a bit of a break. But uh, I I find myself like just like kind of like organizing nights out and stuff like that, where it's it's nice to have a little break. And I'm thinking, right, the the madness is over, the rush is over. Let's the players are off doing their own thing. You do miss the football, but. You, like it's it's not I, I'm not having mm. to su- start suffering with draws. I think I start ki- starts kicking in for me when I get the season when I get the the fixture list and then I'm looking at it right now I need to start planning when that fixture list comes out I'm straight into the war roster what have I got boom 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 <laughs> what am I going for now yeah yeah no I don't suffer with draws. I've said this many times when you win the league I'm not that desperate for it to come back I'm I'm relaxed I'm enjoying the break. Especially when the podcast, because we went hard at it there every week. So I'm quite. I don't find myself with a void on a Friday night. <coughs> and uh, last 10, Shamrock Rumours. What's the best one you ever heard during an offseason? I think Robbie Keane signed him was probably one of the. That was my first thought as well, because remember yeah. he was. He was training with us. He was on the bench for one game for a friendly as well. Yeah, so. Um, um, I remember one stage he was, he was rumoured to be uh, a new stand in the stadium, would be called the Robbie Keane stand. Fuck. Oh. That's up there with one of the maddest ones. Pointless, absolutely pointless. Uh, other than that, no. Can uh, anyone else have any good ones? Let us know. Shout them out to us. Uh, tweet us. But here we have our first ten callers. So um, first five. Callers. Oh, first five. Yeah. So here we go. First five. Hotline. Hi, my name is uh, Brian Cunningham, and I'm doing this for the Shamrock Rovers Hotline. Uh, my favourite moment of the season. Is is an easy one. It's uh, Rory Gaffney's late winner against Shells. Uh, off the pitch, I'd say my favourite moment would be uh, the reception Josh Bradley got uh, when we lifted the trophy. The fans singing one Josh Bradley it must have been great for him and for his family to hear. Uh, moving to the North Stand, no, I couldn't see myself doing that. Uh, I have a, a regular seat in the West Stand, I'm sure I'll say there. Uh, the biggest obstacle to winning four in a row, well, it could be Philip O'Darty's checkbook. Also, I think we need to improve our waveform. We dropped a lot of silly points, I think, away from home this year. We just might need to improve that, although our home form has been exceptional. Uh, one player I'd love to sign, uh, Phoenix Patterson. Uh, I think his pace played off Gaffney would be cause headaches for most defences in the league uh, I don't think we get him now but I'm sure he'll go back to England but it'll be for me it'd be a great sign uh, do I follow any t- other team uh, just Celtic uh, I used to go over a little bit I haven't gone in a long time I used to go on a Friday, the, boat, the boats on a Friday night a few points in the harp the ballot band in the play win and the late night bus from from the GPO to, up to Belfast and on to Glasgow was a was a great trip, but I haven't gone in a long time. Do I go to the cup final anymore? Uh, I haven't gone in the last few years. I used to always go. I haven't gone in the last few years. Uh, well, largely because I didn't want to see Bowes win the league two years ago, and uh, just this year I just didn't bother going. Uh, yeah, I will watch the World Cup. I'd say Germany could be a very good good bet. Uh, I don't really know anyone who 
who was not looking at it because of the other things. Uh, I certainly enjoy it. Once England don't win, I don't really care who wins, to be quite honest with you. Shamrock Rumours. Uh, one I, he- I heard years ago was... Uh, geez, this is uh, Craig Johnson. He was a uh, ex-Liverpool uh, Australian international. Uh, I heard he was being mentioned in the... Well, it must have been Jesus going back to the earlier mid nineties. Well, that was the craziest rumor I think I've ever heard. Uh, when do I get withdrawal symptoms? I would say uh, not really so much this time of year. I actually enjoy just relaxing on a Friday night. But after Christmas in mid January, late February, you start looking forward to the new season and getting back into it. Okay, listen. Thanks very much. Bye bye. My bye. How's it going, lads? This is Aidan Marr calling into the Tifties hotline. It's my first time, so thank you very much. Um, what was my Rovers highlight of 2022? Uh, on the pitch, I suppose, definitely um, winning the league. And then off the pitch, just generally getting to go to so many games, and the European games especially with uh, family and so many familiar faces was a real... Uh, uh, that was a real treat. Um, especially, big shout-out to... Uh, my brother for skipping the queue in Malta and making sure we got on the rescheduled fly home. Sound for that. Uh, I own one. Um, do I think family or friends will move to the new North Stand when it opens next summer? I I actually hope they do. And I'd love the Ultras did as well because I just picture looking down at the tree stands and the pitch with the mountains in the background being quite uh, picturesque. Um, not that that's what you they be going to games for but I can just imagine the pictures would be savage from that view um, the biggest obstacle to Rovers winning four in a row is probably Derry City uh, blowing their load on a bunch of players and having a competitive squad uh, to actually challenge us um, that or the lads getting in their own head about it but I, I think we have a, every chance to get it done um, number one shopping list for Bradser, um, probably the top goal scorer, but from all reports, uh, they're looking for a fair few quid for him, so I'm not really sure if that's something we can pull off. Um, do I go to FAI Cups finals that Rovers aren't involved in? Funny enough, uh, again, my brother, he had uh, spare tickets or free tickets to go to it, and then in the end, I think I just woke up on Sunday, went for lunch, completely forgot about it. So we just said, fuck that. So there wasn't real any, no real desire to go. But for free tickets, we considered it. But didn't in the end. So And now I haven't before either. Only when Rovers are involved. Um, do you support other, another club outside of Rovers? And how did I start following them? To be honest, no. N- none. Um and I always get that question, who do you support? And when I say Rovers, they say, who do you really support? Which has always annoyed me. So I usually just say Rovers again. Uh, not really a fan of teams outside. I kind of don't mind when people support, like, you know, European teams and that, but it's always grinds my gears how much people support an English team and call it their their real club, which is a bit annoying, but however. Uh, who will win the World Cup? Um... I'm hoping France do it because I have them in the uh, World Cup draw in work. So that'll be worth a few quid to me. But other than that, I don't really care. hope it's just good games, which there has been so far, thankfully. Um, what do you like, or sorry, what do you dislike about the season of winter? 
um, I suppose the obvious is the cold, but more so how dark it gets, how quickly it's it's genuinely depressing being in the dark all the time. Like you go to work in the dark and you finish work and come home and it's dark, so it's miserable that way. Actually, I'm currently recording this from Portugal. We decided to go over for a month and just work abroad, so I'm delaying proper winter until mid-December when I get to come back to uh, a full-blown cold uh, Irish winter, so I can't wait for that, but not yet. Um, and we usually start suffering Rover's withdrawals um, pretty much straight away, even... Uh, even when you get used to playing two matches in a week, going back to one match a week can be tough. Um, but I've tried, I've tried it all. I've watched Formula One. I've went to rugby games, and even one desperate weekend, someone gave me a ticket to go to uh, the NFL in the Aviva, which was the most <laughs> boring experience of my life. The only good thing was we got up to the top of the queue at the bar. And we ordered four drinks between the two of us. And your man said the card machine was down. So he had to give them to us for free. So us being the pissheads we are. Just immediately asked him. In that case can we have four more? And he actually said yes immediately. So eight free drinks in one round. Between the two of us was very successful. Um, thinking back I should have asked for another four. When he came back with them. But we didn't want to push our luck at the time. Um, when he usually started suffering. I answered that. Shamrock ru- rumours. To be honest. Um, I've, I can't recall any rumours so sorry it's going to be a poor answer but uh, yeah I can't remember but anyway that's me finished thanks for uh, allowing me to call in KOH and up the borough hoops thanks lads hey lads Carl Sale here uh, my highlight of the season uh, 2022 on the pitch was that night in Macedonia um, obviously I think every Rovers fan, when you when you picture one image of this season, it's obviously going to be Stephen, uh, Bradley and Josh and the and the trophy and Tala, uh, and, and you know rightly so. Uh, but I just think in terms, if you're just sticking with football terms, I think that night in Macedonia, just for what I meant, what it meant for the profile of the club, obviously the financial aspect because we were guaranteed a minimum of I think it was three point five. Uh, once that final whistle went and then obviously a guaranteed three more uh, European trips uh, for Rovers fans and you know Group Stage football was only something that we had once previously in our history to that so that was the highlight for me on the pitch off the pitch um, the one thing that sticks in my mind was the walk to and from the train in Stockholm just all the Rovers fans getting off the train. Everyone was buzzing. The atmosphere was great. And obviously, we're just in a proper European football city. Obviously, we can go to the Maltas and the Luxembourgs or whatever and bring hundreds of fans and kind of take it over. But kind of being in a proper football and city like Stockholm and just kind of, you know, the fans being together as one and representing that just I just thought that was unreal. Um the North Sands, yeah, well, you know, fair play to the Rovers fans who seem to, you know, keep daily checks on if another brick is being added to the North Sands. Uh I think it's it's come along very quick and it looks like an impressive stand and it looks like it's gonna be slightly different to the South Sand. But um 
I think I speak for a lot of Rovers fans uh, when that when we say that we want to say in the south stand. The south stand was kind of built with a purpose to be the kind of the main hub of the atmosphere, and I think from the first season on, it's been a massive success. Um, there's so many different groups; everyone has their spots. So I think just people are settled there, so uh, I wouldn't be looking to move. I think it's the south stand to remain. Uh, I think possibly the biggest obstacle obstacle with um, next season is the goalkeeper situation. Obviously, no disrespect to Leon Poles, but uh, <clears throat> I would just like a safer... Obviously, look, we have a 41-year-old goalkeeper now. It's the best goalkeeper in the league. It's still a 41-year-old goalkeeper who's obviously going to be prone to uh, uh, injuries a lot more than he was when he came back to us. So I just think... <clears throat> I think a lot of Rovers fans are concerned they would just like... A kind of a proven keeper at number two and it doesn't even have to be someone that we already know i can't give you a name i can't guarantee i can't recommend a keeper from the tour division in scotland or anything but uh i just think that that you know god forbid two games into the season big al takes an awkward fall or something like that and then i really think that has us fucked so a goalkeeper, I think the goalkeeping situation is huge. There's other things, but to me, the goalkeeping situation is huge. And for the question of who would be on the shopping list, I would just think <clears throat> a kind of a a more experienced goalkeeper. Uh, I don't know who'll win the World Cup. I can't see it being a European side. Um, so probably an Argentina or someone like that. And, the opinions of it being in Qatar. I don't know. I think they might be kicking themselves in the bollocks about FIFA by having it in Qatar. Because I think, you know, it's highlighting all the stuff that's been going on in the last, on, in the lead up to this. So, <clears throat> you know, people are talking to me now about a while it's on that weren't talking to me about two years ago about what's going, that what went on in the lead up to it. So, uh, yeah. When do I usually start getting the Rovers withdrawals? Um, well, to be honest with you, there's so many things that are going on in the lead up to Christmas with Rovers. You know, supporters clubs kind of have their Christmas get-togethers. Uh, there's the members' lunch coming up at the weekend. And you're still in all the WhatsApp groups and all the stuff on social media. So even though there's not no football being played there's still kind of a lot going on in the rovers world but um it's kind of around late january when you start kind of yearning for the live football again shamrock rumors well it started early this year and it started with a bang you know half the team uh were leaving and uh, we were signing half the league uh james talbot was signing for five grand a week he was getting a jeep um all mental kind of stuff uh the singing section was going to the north stand all these mad kind of rumors but i think the one that i've heard the most that's kind of catching on is the aiden keena from from sligo to rovers but uh to be honest with you i don't know what the realistic thing of that is but uh 
That's really it, but I'm sure. Listen, look, how many weeks? Another eight weeks or so until the season is back, so I'm sure there'll be a few good ones. Prof, Chair Fury here. The the answers to the questions you posed. Number one, winning the league, the trip to Ghent, beautiful city, in the company of Albert McCready. Two, no chance. Three, complacency. Four, collie wheeling. Five, normally I do. Six, I'm a shareholder and season ticket holder at Celtic from 1967 onwards, rare thing then, on RTE, a live final. So I've been a fan since then. And I normally try to get over five, six times a season. Number seven, Spain to win it. And it should never have been given to Qatar. Number eight, getting a few points earlier on a Friday evening. And the B side of that, no football on a Friday night. Number nine, the end of February is normally when withdrawal symptoms kick in. And the Shamrock rumours, number 10, that uh, Senator McCarthy's green Shamrock suit still fits him. No chance. Cheers. Robbie Horgan. Highlights of 2022 on the pitch. Well, I'm sure everybody will be saying winning the league for the tour time, and rightly so, which was brilliant. Um, but I think the European campaign this year has been fantastic. Uh, how they performed and getting to the group stages again. Uh, and on a personal note, um, when they played your gardens home and away, uh, brought back great memories from myself for playing for Rovers against the same opposition nearly 20 years ago. So that was my highlight. Uh, off the pitch, I have to give huge congratulations to the board. I don't often do this, but um, I have to say they conducted their business very well. Um, with the European money they got in, transfers of players, you know, add-ons and that. Uh, how they've um, utilised this in the right way, as in the good training facilities at Roadstone and the underage sector doing so well and promising as well. So fair play to them, it's been put back through it and they'll reap the rewards of that down the line as well too. Um, don't think I'll be moving to the North Stand anytime soon, but saying that the actual, um, when that does come through in the summertime, uh, to have the whole pitch surrounded on each side now will be absolutely fantastic and I'm sure they'll fill it out as well. Uh, of too many um, ex-players and long-life long Rovers fans over in the East Stand, so unless they move them over to the North Stand, uh, I'll probably just still stay in the East Stand. Um, the biggest obstacle I think for Rovers this year will be Derry City. Uh, they're getting closer each each year uh, and they also have the money to spend on players so I think that'll be the biggest danger to Rovers doing the four in a row. Um, number one player, if I was Bradzer, I think it's time to shop outside of Ireland because I think we're all uh, taken from the, the same pool um, when you're looking for someone but I do think we need a 20 goal striker hard to get I know um, but maybe a big target man you know the goals were definitely spread around uh, last year but I think a, a, a big target man and maybe look at the Scandinavian countries you know we played against them this year in Europe and I think um, there's plenty of players coming from that that 
region of Sweden, Denmark, Norway, Iceland, um, that we could maybe pinch and uh, easily, um, you know, get 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 someone like that over to um, be our front man and a talisman. And as I said, you get twenty goals out of them. That will go a long way, not just in the league, but also for European football as well next year. Um, do I go to the FAI Cup Finals? Yes, at times. Um, when Rovers aren't playing in it, generally not. But uh, I've been lucky enough in the career I had that um, when you, you, you the 25-year anniversary, you get called back to go when you've been in the Cup. Um, and also after doing the Pro Licence, you, you, you'd get to be invited to the, the Cup Finals as well too. So... Um, uh, outside of them, probably wouldn't probably watch it at home uh, unless obviously if Rovers are playing. Uh, yes, I do support another team, uh, Draw the United. Um, uh, are the other team? Uh, I spent nearly eight years with Draw as a player, coach, manager. Um, with Rovers, I spent eleven years. So both both clubs mean a lot to me, um, and that'd be the fixture I, I look out for and go to most. You know, it was Drada versus Shamrock Rovers, home and away. I, I'd go to that. Uh, outside of that, I'm a big Arsenal fan as well. So, obviously, things are good there too at the moment. So, life is good at present. Um, I think France have a great chance of winning the World Cup. Uh, don't ask me reasons why. Spain look good at this moment as well too. Um I don't know anybody who's kind of not looking at the World Cup. Uh, the protests are right, in my opinion, but it's probably time now to let the football do the talking now. Um, been some shock results, uh, especially with Argentina and, and Germany uh, getting beaten in their opening games. And look, that's what makes it the beautiful game. So I hope it, hope it stays that way for the duration. Um, uh, winter football is coming, yes. So what I like about winter is uh, to light a nice big open fire and get a takeaway on a Saturday night. This like I'm to clean the fire out the next day. Um, so I have no withdrawal symptoms as yet at the moment with Rovers. Usually that'll be around February of 2023. Uh, I manage a team myself, Trim Celtic. In the northeastern football league when we've just won the league and yes colors are the green and white hoops as well so um, um i consider that a double this year so um and i've also got three grandchildren that keep me plenty busy so no withdrawal symptoms as yet um and the only uh shamrock rovers uh rumor mill that i've heard lately will be league race going to pats He's another year to go on his contract, so that would surprise me a little bit. Thank you. So that was uh, Brian Cunningham. Yes, we're from Drada! Aidan Maher, Carl Seal, Jerry Fury, and Robbie Horgan. Is it Aidan Maher or Aidan Maher? I'm sure he'll clear that one up. I'm going to go Maher. Uh, uh, interesting sure stuff from us. all the lads. Um, some good insight into that. Carl Seal, look at Seal's anecdotes and his insights into. His, his ultra-minded insights and um, yeah some good stuff from Robbie Horgan nice mix there prof I like it ex-player um, Jerry Freddy a, a stalwart Carl Seal ultra Aidmar general uh, 
Philistine and Dirty Fingers Brian Cunningham I was just about to say should we say his nickname <laughs> well listen to well now we have to say where it comes from don't we if we're going to say that uh, we'll let him clear that one up <laughs> he was a mechanic yeah that's it he was yeah. a mechanic yeah uh, J.R. Fury with a dig at Mick McCarthy there at the end oh yes uh, saw that coming oh yeah what I should have said from my uh, maddest rumour was Akinadi right because I remember I think it was around 2015 was when he was in great form and I remember it was in the, not the mirror, the Irish Daily Mail. And I just remember seeing in the paper, going, ha, turn the page. That's how sure I was. Because I just knew that the Rowers fans, the Rowers members would never allow that. No. I just It doesn't matter if Fendon was actually interested. It doesn't matter. We would not have allowed it. No. And I just thought, that's rubbish. I turned the page. <laughs> Straight past page 57 in the sun. Um, uh, there was a great show from Deco. Um, just we had an ultra on there. Obviously, Carl, Carl Seals, so he might get a kick out of this. He goes, first game back before kickoff. Get Davey out in the centre circle. Stadium goes quiet. Off he goes. Shamrock and the both ends of the stadium oh, reply yeah, I mean, the north and the south sounds like something about Game of Thrones the north and the south unite <laughs> yeah Carl obviously loves Stockholm there I figured he would um, he's right though a proper football in City I love the way he mentioned that because that's mm. what it is football is in, it's enveloped in the culture of Stockholm do you know what I mean like I mean yeah. I, you know when you go into the rabbit hole I think Korea were on today and I was I started to delve into that I started to delve into Korean cinema and then Japan popped up and I started looking up the most popular sports in Japan which is baseball I didn't know that 52% people love and watch baseball it's are, are these Barney facts these are Barney Barney rabbit hole facts one day I think it was one of the group stage games Barney just like laid a lot of facts on the he was just like lads uh, German engineer why is German engineering so efficient <laughs> just random stuff you know and then yeah. I, I went into the, the underworld of Japanese crime stuff like that Yakuza and all and then you just you just fucking three hours have gone and you've wasted away yeah so Stockholm um, I spoke about it in the last podcast didn't I? I liked the trip as I said I wouldn't put it up, up there with my favourites coming out of it the reason I was a bit down on it was because I just realised that I'd been to three away games that year and I hadn't seen a goal. And if you're one of the few people who went to all seven this year, we failed to score in six of the away games, which was uh, which was a killer. Uh, poor Stavros Cousin still hasn't seen an away goal in I, Europe. I, I missed one. I missed one in Iceland, didn't I? And uh, Cara mentioned this train, Stockholm. I think I, I kind of regret not saying that on the podcast last time. Because that is always one of my favourite parts of Europe. Like that last trip, that train yeah. or the tram or whatever. And the, the reaction of the locals. Yeah, it's And brilliant. they're like, the fuck is this? I think one of the best ones, I think, was possibly Stockholm the first time. And yeah. we were all going down the time. And people were grabbing their kids and all. They were like, <gasps> <laughs> oh, holding them close. I remember that march. Was it, and do you remember the, the tram in uh, Bran? And then we go online on Twitter and some lad called The Bias is giving out about yeah, it. Yeah, he's like, who these thugs and hooligans? And then other clubs are quoting The Bias. They're saying, look at this, look at Robbers. <laughs> and um, it only occurred to me now, actually, but when we got off the train in um, Stockholm and then we're about to walk up to the stadium, 
I just heard some guy shout from within the train. He just goes, Get the fuck out of here! No! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was pissed. And um, my last note on uh, Stockholm, I, fe- I felt I left this out on, on my review. The elevator in the hotel. In, uh, yeah, tell me about this. In the this, Radisson this Blue. There's a video of it. It was very funny. <laughs> yeah. You stayed in the Radisson? Um, Rough. Well, that was only a four-star hotel. It was actually good value. It wasn't like... It was just a four-star hotel. It wasn't like... Uh, when you say Radisson, you think, oh, you're, you're living in luxury. But um, now we all got caught up with this. Unless you got in with somebody who had already been in the elevator. You, you assume that the ground floor was just reception. But the bottom button brought you down to like two floors below. To like where all the like the washing is and all. <laughs> right, the basement. <laughs> so I think it was at one stage Maloney just went down. Came up again to floor two. Back down to minus one. <laughs> Can you imagine fucking elevator? Fucking stupid elevator. But what most people did was, if it was their first time in the elevator, they wouldn't say anything and just let them fuck up. <laughs> oh yeah, it's just yeah. Having, a, having a bottle, having a point, just looking at them. Yeah, because it was see-through glass, so you could actually watch the person just go up and down. That's quite funny. Yeah. And uh, my last, last note, I keep saying last. Um, Remember I was saying we were advised not to go back to the Green Hunter? Yeah, yeah, you weren't happy and, with that. And... No. Um, some people did go back early, so they got in. But if you came back kind of late, uh, the bouncers were refusing you. And uh, one man shouted at the bouncer. Or sorry, he shouted at Swedish police outside the Green Hunter. And he said they were violating his human rights. What, to have a point? By not letting us in. Stop it, will you? Yeah, so proper photo went up on Tallis Stadium's Twitter account from uh, up on the North Stand. And it looks the biz. It looks very cool, prof. Very yeah, high, very high. Yeah, yeah, very steep. Paul McGrath said, "Every new stadium that is built now is a bowl." I think Tallis Stadium having four separate stands actually adds a bit of old school type of character to it. And Q bowls hipsters talking mm. about concrete jungles, yeah, and soulless stadiums. Great shout, that yeah, yeah. I like that. Uh, Philly McGuire currently in New Jersey. I think he's been floating around all over New York. Uh, be some crack if we can get to the say to the stage where we can get Davy Chand across the south and the north as well, like Prof just talked That's about. That's what we're saying, yeah. Um right, the Prof the World Cup, here's the World Cup section. Gar Brennan, the Qatari uh organization running the World Cup is called the Supreme Committee of Delivery and Legacy. <laughs> Sounds like something from fucking Star Wars. It actually it does <laughs> in fairness like uh the opening ceremony uh, was bonkers. Right I have questions. Many questions. So, actually, do you know what? I don't think they're right for this show. They had, like, this little guy. Without limbs? Without, like, he had, it was like his, from his chest up. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With Morgan Freeman. With Morgan Freeman. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of, like, they had, like, a, a Da Vinci moment. You know, like, the, what's the name of that fucking painting? Mona Lisa no, no on the ceiling in fucking oh, Rome oh Michelangelo Michelangelo yeah no they're touching yeah. they're touching fingers like they had like a moment like that and it was supposed to be epic and everyone's just like this is weird but he, he's no lower half you know what I mean like he had like from his torso not even his torso I don't think he had a stomach I didn't look into the who he was to be honest I was just I just saw Morgan Freeman I was like this is random yeah like he had like just literally from his pecs up I'm thinking yeah like organs and so I just I, but either way it was it was bizarre and 
they have a lot of mad customs over there. The drums were cool though. They were banging the drums. It was like something out of um, Apocalypto. Well, you yeah, know, it's odd. It's odd. Chris, we can't tell who are real fans and who are fake fans at the moment. Were you hearing the stories about the, the Qatari Ultras? <laughs> they, they were they, hiring people. They were in a training camp in Pakistan Fuck or off. something. There was actually a training camp of Ultras. I would love that. <laughs> Could you imagine? That'd be great, crack. And they were trained how to sing and all at a game. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, some people, you were impressed with this guy. Some people were, were smart enough to go on winter holidays. Fucking geniuses, man. I've seen Paul McGrath, Maloney, a couple of other people going away. And then I was thinking to myself, oh, winter holiday, yeah, it's not bad. And I was like, the World Cup? A week away, 10 till 10 football every day. <laughs> Fucking geniuses. But then they were yeah. invaded by the Welsh in Tenerife. Yeah, throwing garden chairs at each other. Yeah. Maloney McGrath. Maloney McGrath, yeah. Uh, controversies, Prof. Or controversies, which one is it? Um, controversies, yeah. I mean, I suppose what can really, really answer this whole. Honestly, debate, I'm, I'm sick to death of it. Like, I think the lack of fans in the stadium just kind of sums it up. No one has bothered their bollocks going over. It's too mm. much of an effort. There's a lot of money. You can't go on the piss. I mean, did you see the Mexican fans with the binoculars? The Mexican fan was bringing a pair of binoculars in, but they were actually a bottle. So when you put them up to your eye, I think you can you can't really see much. So the copper put them up to his yeah. eyes, and he was like, oh, and then he screwed off the cap. He's like, this is a dr- this is a drink. <laughs> well, the fact that the Qataris just announced two days before the World Cup started that uh, no, you actually can't have a drink. That was nuts outside the stadium. Of course, you can if you pay for premium seats inside the grounds. But uh, Jesus, like twelve years. They've had to plan this and then 48 hours. No, you can't drink. No drink. And then Budweiser just decided to give it all to the winner. Yeah, well, they're suing now. Yeah, I, do. I think they win yeah. as well, but I don't think Qatar care. They look at the money coming out of their ears. So it's not so much that I want to talk about the the rights and wrongs of Qatar. It's just, I'm, I'm kind of interested by the attempted protests. You know what I mean? Like the, was the one love armbands, and but then they back down with yeah. the tread of a yellow card. And the Trevor yellow card was embarrassing, really, wasn't it? Yeah, and they all backed down over that. Like, but I think as as regards to like pitch invaders and stuff like that, I'm I'm not that brave. I'm not running on that pitch. Which, well, the only brave thing, like an armband, is just an armband. It's a piece of cloth on your arm. It's not actually doing anything. Whereas Iran players not singing the national anthem, that's risking their lives. So they actually made a mockery of. The seven countries who back down wouldn't wear a beaded yeah. armband. And they literally would possibly have serious repercussions over that. Now, not a lot of them would live in Iran. I doubt there's very few of them that live in Iran, but the current regime that exists over there, with women's rights and stuff like that, like they, mm. it, it was very, it was nice to see though. It possibly affected their performance against England because they were clearly a lot better than they showed in that game. Yeah. Because they, they beat Wales, albeit Wales weren't very good. But, um, a tweet here from FC Twenty Benson. Uh, if you're not watching the world, <laughs> if you're not watching the world, <coughs> not watching the World Cup opening ceremony, there's loads of lads armed with swords doing an Arab version of Ua Up the Ra. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, Twitter has been alive. It's been pretty yeah. good. Um, One of the highlights for me was the first game, Qatar and Ecuador. Uh, <laughs> the ref refused to wait for the countdown. You know, in the countdown over the PA, they go five, four, for the game three, to kick off, and the ref just said, "No, fuck it, <laughs> kick off." 
That was brilliant. Have you um, noticed? Have you noticed any good refs? I like the American ref. I think they're all terrible. <laughs> but you know what the thing is? Are we going to talk about VAR? We'll talk slightly about VAR because I know you hate it. Um, I hate it as well. But the the thing is about VAR. It is the refs are petrified to fuck up because VAR is there as well because they know they'll be scrutinised even further because it's in front of them. They mm. will not make any sort of brave decision. Like I'll give you an example: the Messi panel. Did you see that fucking madness? That was ridiculous. How is that a penalty? How is it a penalty? So you cannot, as a keeper, you touch someone's head or anything in the phase of play, you get a penalty given against you. I couldn't fucking believe it. The keepers are totally so protected. The handball that went underneath is is what was it? Portugal. The that, handball that actually divided opinion. I, I think not a penal. Not a penal. Some people are like, oh, well, it was a goal scoring opportunity. But, like, where are you supposed to put your hand? Totally accidental. And then it happened again the next night in a great position outside, just outside the 18 year box. I wasn't given. I wasn't even looked at. So, well, they, they keep, every time some mad decision happens, they flash up a big rule book on the screen. But that one, that, that handball you're talking about. They actually proved that that shouldn't have been given, even according to the rules. Oh, so know. according to the rules and common sense, that wasn't a penal. Ronaldo dived in the first game, got a penal. They didn't go to VAR for that one. Why? I don't know. Mm. Uh, the one that pissed me off was the Brazil goal against Serbia, I think, in the, Vinny Junior, in the first it? game. It took them 70-something minutes to break them down. They put a great move together, great finish. Two minutes passed by. They called VAR. They have to wait for the VAR. And then they ruled it out because of some first phase 40 yards from goal. You're absolutely, and it was marginal, absolutely killing the joy and the spontaneous nature of celebrating the goal. <sighs> so then when Brazil did score after that, they just stopped. I didn't they? react. I was just like, well, I better hang on here. This might be offside. I just feel for them. But in, in saying that now, if there's a foul in the lead up to a goal, mm. it should be called. Do you know what I mean? Like if someone I'm, fouls someone and then they go and score. If there's a blatant foul, yeah, okay. But if there's something like if there's a marginal offside call, but just an arm is barely ahead, I think we should be given the advantage to <sighs> these the, offside to calls. The, to are the goal so scores. frustrating, man. So so frustrating. Literally, you don't get an inch. That that's not. That, I know that's a saying. They actually don't get an inch. It's nuts. That's be like when, when's it gonna stop? I'm just glad we'll never have it. Put it that way. We we'll move on, prof. We we'll move on. Uh, just uh, fuck Varel. Honestly, oh, it just I don't like I don't like it itself. So I am biased, but they're also not even using it properly. Yeah, they really aren't. My um, other other World Cup notes non var though. Oh yeah, um, who did I back? I had France and Mbappe. I got that at 17s. I think it was Latoro Martinez. I went with that, and he has flopped. Although he. I don't know, he can pop up with a hat-trick. Messi in Argentina, I got that. I got Brazil to win out, Roy. Couple of good ones so far. Fancy football, I was the man for the first two match days. Now I'm stinking. Because I don't know how to fucking play the game. Every All time of a sudden you get boosters. All of a sudden you get like these wild cards. And no, no, no one's telling me how to play. They're, they're just like, nah, figure it out. Gar Brennan's the only one to help me. But I was doing well at first, but then oh, I was thinking. But the good thing about this is it's good crack because the Tifties League, you can like one game can swing it. Like um, Stafford got lucky with Havertz coming off the bench. He got twenty two points that bumped him up the top. So it is it's good yeah. crack, but there's a lot involved. I wouldn't be able to do it for a season. 
every time I come in in the chat, you're giving out about it. You're like, I can't log in. I can't change yeah, my team. Yeah, yeah. Um, just some odds. Aussie Nate's homeland. I think they were initially five hundred to one to win the tournament, and then he got he got one hundred and forty to one odds on a Costa Rica and Japan double. On how mu- if there was ever Thursday an Aussie Nate bet? Yeah, and, and for seventy five seconds. He had won that bet because <laughs> Germany and Spain were going out at the same time. Um, Actually, I have to do my transfers, Prof. We're gonna have to pause. We're gonna have to pause the podcast. <laughs> it's, match, it's match day. Match day yeah. is tomorrow. The new match day is tomorrow, so I have until tonight yeah. to get my transfers in. Yeah, As so it stands, at seven o'clock here, Prof. In Brazil, I just built kick off against Cameroon. So there was the 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 football fancy the one that you're talking about. There was also the World Cup sweep that we had in our own group. We got Costa Rica, but which we, I think I might be onto a few. I ways. got Serbia, who you know. They'll neither win it nor will they be the I worst I think they won the Golden Spoon actually. Who did you have? Costa Rica? Costa Rica, yeah, minus 11. So the most goals conceded. So I think it's 40 quid. I think they have, yeah. I can't see anybody else kind of getting tonked like that. Unless yeah. Brazil pull it out of the bag tonight. But, um, so we didn't quite have enough uh, participants in our World Cup sweep. So, Rob Lavelle, <laughs> with the delicacy of an elephant in a strawberry patch... <laughs> A bull in the china shop <laughs> comes in to the last man standing group and he goes, "We don't have enough players in the main group. Do any yous want to get in our World Cup sweep?" And we're all like, "Oh my!" And the Tipsy's group, the LMS, the last man standing group, the Golden Goal group, are like, what, "What do you mean?" And I, I put it in. I was like, "If any of you, if any of the slime in here want some of the surplus spots in the World Cup sweep, let us know." I was like, "I thought we were the main group." But um, um, yeah. yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been interesting. I, I, it's it's been a bit of a quiet. But the games itself and the way people have been qualifying and it's been mental. It has been. It's been enjoyable. First game day, maybe second game day. It's been. Uh, it's been. Yeah, well, of course, if you're if you're working, you're you're missing three quarters this World Cup. Like the two, our, the two biggest. Shift, yeah, I was on twelve to eight, which fucking which fucked me big time. Well, I made the four, so I was getting the second half of. The, the latter game and yeah. then you see the night game but the two biggest shocks were Argentina losing to Saudi Arabia and Germany losing to Japan so I feel like I missed out on those that Saudi Arabia win that has to be up there with the biggest shock of all time madness nine of Saudi Arabia's 11 players played in their own league and 25 Ar- games unbeaten I think that made a mockery of that unbeaten streak because no European opponent in that run Still, because they couldn't play European opponents during yeah, COVID. True. Still, though, I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, in think, fairness, Martinez did get like those three disallowed goals in that game as well for Argentina. Don't forget that. So it could have been a Tonkin. And I was just about to mention Tonkins. We've had six goalless draws, and the record is eight, so that could be broken. And I think we've had two Tonkings. England six two. <laughs> England six two, and we had Spain seven nil. Um, and in honour of Spain I've looked up the Spanish for tonking it's uh, Tony Fecando <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm having a little vape here I'm, I'm hooked on these fucking health bars <laughs> say it again Tony Fecando is that real? That's, that's uh, no longer tonk Tony Fecando <laughs> I don't know where we're going and then ch- 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 um, I don't know why we say in Japanese as we pronounce it but uh, <laughs> Tanya Kando. Uh yeah so um, now it's enjoyable and like you said um, yeah so our World Cup sweep was totally totally fixed 
Yeah. Imagine, imagine the guy who organised to get in Argentina, you know? <laughs> yeah, 110% attendance record so far, which is excellent, but fair play to the Guterres. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 90,000 the stadium's 40,000 90,000 <laughs> yeah McDowell went over yeah he's been, he was in like 11 games in 9 days unbelievable brilliant stuff I'd say that was uh, his postcards have been pretty good as well so yeah. big shout out to McDowell full marks for getting the word tonked into uh, one of his postcards <laughs> um, do you remember the first day actually at the opening of the World Cup Ireland were playing a friendly in Malta that evening you could not get over this you text me and you're like why the fuck are we playing Malta when the World Cup is on <laughs> it was so bizarre what is going on it was a Sunday wasn't Malta. it Malta I was actually I was in the pub actually that was the first yeah I was having grub we were only talking about fish and chips earlier prof fish and chips is the new thing it's come back for me it's come back from the dead good fish and chips absolutely fantastic having fish and chips watching the World Cup and then I was about to leave I was like fucking Ireland are playing it's grand <laughs> few more points Ireland playing in Malta on a Sunday evening during a World Cup I wonder how they uh, found the hotel swimming pools <laughs> shut up prof and my final note on the World Cup was um, well just on commentary generally I've avoided RTE because uh, I, I, I cannot listen to Ronnie Whelan he's I, poor isn't he I, oh, I don't not mad about Ray Houghton either um, Jim Begnum was always the best Irish commentator but he doesn't I don't know if he's even in RT anymore. Where is he now? ESPN or something? I think he took the money. Um, so, yeah, I'm generally BBC or ITV. Can you tell me what mine consists of? Of American commentary on Hezgal when I'm in work? <laughs> My God, they break football down ridiculously. Some uh, girl called Ali. Fuck me. She is the epitome of a stereotypical American football fan. <laughs> like... Breaking it down into the quarter and then, like it's it's the low block. It's it's ridiculous. It's actually unnecessary. Like they make up stuff. <laughs> they definitely make up stuff. I don't know if I'd fancy that. Um, yeah, best and worst commentators. I every year I find ITV deliberately pair John Champion and Annie McCoy's together. You love Annie McCoy, don't you? I love these two in particular. They've got great chemistry. Very entertaining, and. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like, you'll, you'll turn on RTE and Liam Brady, he almost looks proud of how little he gives a fuck. And they'll put up a graphic and say, well, we know him because he plays for Liverpool. And that's it. <laughs> You're that's, getting his nasal tones and right that, there. That's it. That's his point. He, na- <coughs> he just names players he recognises from the Premier League. I haven't seen him. Um, yeah. that, I don't, he's like he's living off or I play for Juve. <laughs> fuck off, will you? Whereas Champion and McCoy's will actually try and outdo each other with research. That's good because they're it's into it. It's great crap. They're into it, yeah. Do you know, do you um, know who I absolutely hate? Stephen Kelly. Blow your nose. Yeah. Just blow your nose. Cause Not a fan either. Uh, I really like the, the, ball, the low block doesn't work. I'm like, just stop. <laughs> I fucking hate it. It's so frustrating. And he sounds like uh, Tark when he was on here cooking on our cooking section. But this was, this had to be the best opening gambit of all time from those two on commentary. Um, I, I can't remember now if it was Brazil or Russia. Was it 2014 or 2018? But one of the stadiums was built on ground that forever, whatever reason, the ground was sinking slowly. Like, like <laughs> very, very slowly over time was sinking. Like you wouldn't notice it. 
<coughs> and then John Champion just goes, Ali, I don't mean to alarm you, but we are currently sinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, the Dark Knight when Bane blows up the football ground. <laughs> I died laughing. I was like, what a line. Yeah, PFAI Awards, Prof, Clean Sweep, Player of the Year, Rory Gaffney, Young Player of the Year, Andy Lyons, Manager of the Year, Bradzar. And mm. Neil Doyle, Best Referee, so a real clean sweep. A real clean sweep there. Rory said to get Player of the Year, voted by your fellow players, is just unbelievable. Well, looking mortified, I'd imagine. <laughs> That's uh, three, in a row, three in a row for Bradzer. Yeah. And uh, I've got a stab at this. Go on. I have to delve a bit here. It's the first time that Rovers have won both Player of the Year and Young Player of the Year in the same season since 1986. Paul Doolan and Liam O'Brien. The prof with the stats. So we have some quotes from Gaffney. It's the ultimate honour as a player to be recognised by all the lads in the league as one of the best performers. Say Gaffney's ahead of tonight's function. And uh, we have a. I don't think you can get any better recognition from the players in the league to be nominated. Um, hold on, Prof. This fucking quote. The quotes are all over the place here. Um, out of all the strikers that they come up against this year, they basically said that I've been the best one. It's the ultimate compliment, Prof. So if you're coming to this league and you're scoring 20 goals a season to play for Shamrock Rovers, you'll be expected to work hard. You'll be expected to press, link to play, be a long striker, and run the channels. If you run the channels, you have to hold up the ball and get crosses into the box. If you have a striker who can do all those things on top of scoring 20 a season, he won't be at Shamrock Rovers for long, or there's something wrong that he's at Rovers. That's... Ooh. <laughs> he's never spoken publicly like this before, has he? Yeah. That's the same for any striker in this league. If they consistently score 20 in a season, you'd be thinking, well, uh, what... They don't do that. They can score twenty. Maybe that's what is stopping them from getting to the next level. Gaffney continued. Outside of Erling Haaland being an absolute freak, how many strikers <laughs> in the Premier League would score twenty a season from play? Good show. If you're getting fifteen from play, you're probably doing well. At Shamrock Rovers, if you're not doing it after an hour, you're taking off because of the squad we have. Maybe there's other teams in the league you might stay on if you're having a bad game because the quality isn't here to replace you. Certain strikers suit certain teams. Maybe you only score eight goals for the team, but if you're doing all the other things and your work results in fifteen more goals, that's twenty-three goals for the team. That's what Stephen Bradley talks about. He wants the strikers to do more. I have a mentality that if I don't score today, what else can I do? It's work hard for Rovers. Brilliant. Excellent stuff there. I thought Gaff. that was absolutely fascinating. Yeah. I remember I remember that little conversation I had with him with the awards. He was kind of hindered on that, wasn't he? Yeah, definitely, yeah. And um one last thing I wanted to say about Gaffney, you're probably saying I've enough have enough fanboy to build enough all season, but I I don't think I've actually said this particular point. Um it was Keith Tracy who put it in my head. If you ever listen to him on the RT Soccer podcast, he's actually very good. I like Keith Tracy, I think he's I think he's he's very listenable, yeah. I think he ended up getting hired because he was on that Under the Cosh podcast and he was brilliant on that and now he's very, very truthful. He's a regular pundit. Um, but he was talking about the World Cup and the best players and all and he made this point that the ones he always thinks are the ones to watch are the ones who don't get tackled. They don't get dispossessed very, very rarely. Mm. He says they're the ones at the top of their game. Like so Modric and, and it like made me it's something I've been meaning to say about Gaffney for a while. When Gaffney runs the channel and he's trying to put in the ball, he's almost never dispossessed. Yeah, and if he does lose it, it's very, very rare. And if he does if, if he's out wide and he's in a position that's kind of you're struggling to get anything, he'll keep possession. He'll keep possession or he'll get something fruitful out of it. So yeah, no, I definitely agree with you there, prof. Good show. Oh, we should mention as well, uh, young Josh was there at the awards in the Tux. 
So he he stole the show. Uh, Brazzer Brazzer's son looking dapper. So that was fantastic. Uh, yeah, so we will move on, Prof. And we had the club player of the year and the young player of the year were the same as Tifties, won by Gaffney and Lyons. <coughs> cough, cough. Um, Barry Cotter's on the PFEI transfer list as well, so it's a weird one. I thought Pats would have wanted him, even uh, maybe he's fishing around for something else, you wouldn't know. They weren't they, there was some teaser put out by Pats a few weeks ago, and I don't think they actually signed anyone. No, but some Pats fans took it to mean that they had signed Yeah, Cotter. I don't think they actually announced anyone after, though, does he? Oh, no, no. So uh, yeah, Derry front rows in the race to sign Colin Wheel and according to Dan McDonald, and that has unfortunately proved true. And he's signed on a two-year deal. So I think the less said about this, the better. We'll just move on. We'll talk about other targets and stuff like that. I think we all really? know how we. How we yeah, <laughs> yeah. Gonna move on yeah now. I'm gonna move on. I don't want to express how I feel about it. Stephen Henderson, new manager for Longford Town, and James Kiddy is the new Wexford manager. So a bit of movement in the force. Stephen Henderson, I think he's good for the game. I like him on Twitter. I think it'll be good. Yeah, James Keddy, who was interviewed in this podcast a couple of months back. Yep. Um, and one of his first signings is Ethan Boyle. Yeah, he's taken back to uh, Wexford, a Wexford native. Even though the Bowes fans wanted him. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> one little update here. Um, who have we got, Prof? Dave Rogers, new Finn Harps manager. Dave Rogers. Now, that's a good appointment, I think. He's yeah, it is. a little bit a little bit eccentric is what they probably need. We need to be a bit mad to take that job up there. So, yeah, definitely interested to see how Harps get on in the fourth division. Cork potential takeover the first fucking inkling of a few quid and they sell their souls again like come on lads for fuck's sake so they have a Dublin based businessman looking to take them over and uh, you think they would have gave it a crack in the for- in, in the Premier after getting up and doing so well as a fan owned club again they're, they're just selling wasn't it. there like a and it's all it's all their club. They're not even selling the percentage. It's Wasn't gone. there like a failed takeover at Cork a couple of years ago? Oh my god, I can't remember. I can't remember. I think they were trying. There's some investor in the wings, and it just didn't work out for whatever reason. And I think clubs like Cork are realizing that our model is actually the way forward, mm-hmm. the hybrid model. And but they don't want what was their what was their boogeyman Arcaga was that what it was called Arcaga the the disaster from two thousand eight and nine turn off your notifications could have been me Oh, it was you no I don't see that in it here. was fucking you I'm on silence it says check background power use ah oh, the proof that's, that's once in a blue moon <laughs> oh that's staying in once in a blue moon notification uh with Conor Kearns he has joined Duffer Shells with uh. Fucking Brendan Clark on the other way to Galway. So Darren Clark as well. He also signed for Galway, former hoop Trevor Clark's brother. And Cove celebrated 100 years and got a shout out from Roy Keane on ITV as well. So Keane, uh, I watched that documentary the other night on Saipan. It was brilliant. Just a really interesting time in Irish football. I remember sitting in religion class and all you hear is, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Roy Keane has been sent home from the Ireland camp. <laughs> right, and we all there go, whoa! Sitting in religion I, class. Yeah, I remember being in school during that World Cup as well, yeah. Getting up at seven in the morning for the games. Yep. Um, a Kerry FC Ultras sticker was spotted somewhere. That was quick. They're coming for us, prof. I, how can they exist yet? Give me Mount Hawk, in a, a Mount Hawk Park away. That's what I want. In the cup. Uh, the professional chamber of the General Assembly that sounds more Star Wars again doesn't it <laughs> has selected Neva Manny friend of the show to replace Dick Shakespeare on the board of the FAI at the reconvene AGM next month so listen a good a good uh, league person someone who is invested in the league so it's a great appointment and hopefully we can drag this league out of gutter and move forward 
Yeah, Neve was on the podcast before. A great interview. Yep. Uh, that was well received. Uh, so uh, and I don't want to detract from uh, what great news that is, but I just find it difficult not to be drawn to that name, Dick Shakespeare. <laughs> uh, what a name. He, yeah, he's like, it's the most, it's very, very British. I think he is British. And someone in our um, reserve group pointed out, <laughs> the B team the B WhatsApp group you said um, it sounds like an actor in costume drama porn <laughs> yeah yeah whatever you're into um, some interesting stuff here if you'd like to go down into the wormhole and uh, Andrea Agnelli Pavel Nedved and the entire Juventus board of directors are stepping down they began their reign in 2010 when they were first rebuilding and their first games in the Europa League I wonder if um, we could have some stories there because they possibly could have been in Tallis Stadium wasn't there somebody who was Part of their, their board would have been in there, you know, because it was an actual. Their game. board actually met with our board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was their first game. And uh, if you remember, we we said on the podcast at the time that um, Agnelli actually keeps that Rowers program and Tata. He keeps it as a reminder. This is where we started. Yeah, yeah, but you know what's fascinating because there's all sorts of skullduggery going on as regards to finances, yeah. and I think they were pushing for the big. Um, what was it? The, the it was that league. What was the fucking fancy league? European Super League. European Super League. They were pushing for that because apparently there are way, there's loads of money going missing. Yeah. Then Barcelona and Madrid were really pushing yeah, for it. The overinflation yeah. of players. There's all sorts of murky stuff going on. Juve are just enveloped in that type of madness. There was a great documentary about it as well, and it opened the lid on all of this stuff about bribing refs and picking certain refs for games. Absolutely fanta- f- fascinating stuff in Serie A. So if you get a minute, check it out online. There's some great twi- Twitter tweds, Twitter tweds, some great th- <laughs> uh, Twitter threads on it. The uh, FIFA documentary is supposed to be good as well, actually. I'm in. The, uh, I'm in watching Captains on Netflix leading up to the World Cup. It was talking about qualifying mm-hmm. for that's a really good one as well. But their FIFA one was class. The Italian ninety one on Channel Four was brilliant about the rise of hooliganism. England getting back into it's very very Brit tinted, but it is. It's a good watch. Uh, loads of ex-England internationals and all talking about the madness that ensued and they decided to put England on an island I think it was Cagliari and they put them or Sardinia or something like that they put them all on an island thought that'd be a great idea no no not a good idea <laughs> don't want them on the mainland put them on an island yes so we're moving on to uh, Shamrock Rumours Prof we're linked with a loan move for Johnny Kenny so Uncle Dermo throwing his spoke in and giving us a dig out for a striker yeah so he's He's 19, obviously known from, from his time at Stigo, but he's been on loan at Queen's Park. 11 appearances, no goals, so he's not really been getting a fair shake in his loan spell. So what could happen is Celtic can record him and they could send him a loan dose. So I'd take that. Yeah, I'd take him. I, I think the likes of that, but from what I've heard, I don't think we're too fond of taking in loan signings, you know? Depends, it has to be the right person. When, this, when the Desmond investment happened... We were convinced I we were going to get a rake of Celtic players, didn't we? Maybe not a rake, but I assumed we would get maybe one or two in, a couple of players, in the space of two or three years. Yeah, yeah, a couple of players that have kind of stalled, their careers have stalled. Possibly Mikey Johnson, player that has kind of not had no luck on their end. Postacoglu, who's possibly left, I could be corrected here by our Celtic comrades here, Gar Brennan and Albert McCready and Maloney and that. But um, we have an academy graduate prof. Um, he has progressed through the ranks at our <laughs> underlings and lean board we have signed so he signed his first professional contract here <laughs> we have raided our feeder <laughs> club again listen to the um, club he's played for 
Rangers, Celtic, Rovers and Bowls. That he's definitely the first because I was googling today players who play for both clubs, and you'll find some articles saying here's the top ten going back to the uh, twenty early twentieth century. I don't think they're the only ten ever, but and of course it sounds he's like there's only it sounds like there's only twelve that people are aware of. It's probably more than twelve. And the um, he Instagram, actually, go on, go on. Well, he didn't actually. He played three first team games for Rangers. Um, I don't think he played at all for Celtic. He was there for like fourteen months. But um, he's our type of player, though. He he fits in. He's good on the ball. He's yeah. got electric fucking everything. He's the most important of all pace. We needed pace. Um, he can play centre mid or on wide. He's good operating in sort of tight yeah. spaces. He's our type of player. Goals, assists, so yeah. Be uh, be very in- now. If Twitter and Instagram was very very interesting about his departure, shy, bad attitude. He's all this. He's all that. So please more of that. No great loss. No great loss. Yeah. It's um, mad how it's mad how bad these players become after they leave balls and and join us. Pico, what, Danny? <laughs> all terrible. Uh, I think rat emoji is trending <laughs> on Instagram. Rat emoji, yeah. Uh, we um, Andy Lyons, prof. Good shout by Brian McKenna, by the way. Brian McKenna. Everybody burts sometimes. Everybody. <laughs> <before>. <laughs> Andy Lyons says good boys on Instagram. Joined up with his new Blackpool teammates for training during the World Cup, so he's over there and he is training away in the Championship. So good luck to Andy. He's been brilliant for us. One of our most exciting players in the last decade. Yeah, best luck to Andy. But the question is. Will he take any of Keith's advice on board in Blackpool? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I can't believe he said it. I hope not, to be honest. Uh, Victor has been released and Chris McCann also departed the club. And it's uh, Victor, we, we I put him up there with Oki. We never really got to see him. We can't judge him as a player. You can say he's shite, you can say he's... Isn't. The moment he signed, we knew what this was. This was three months... It would be fun while it lasted. <laughs> Fling. But he won't stay. And he'll be one of those mysterious three-month foreign signings yeah. we look back on. Also, Chris McCann, my drunken ramblings didn't help. I'll tell your story. So I was coming home from Bob Brigham. <laughs> I was doing this thing. And we came home with a couple of drinks. Ended up in the bar. A few more drinks. So I'm full of bills. And I'm looking out the window. You know, you're just kind of people watching as you're driving home. And I was like, oh my God, it's Chris McCann. Roll the window. I was like, don't go. And he was like, what the fuck is that? I was like, don't go, Chris. Yeah, so uh, I was like, don't go. And he's like, what are you talking about? I was like, don't leave us. Don't leave us. Come on, Rovers. And he was like, who, who fucking told you that? And then his mate goes, don't mind him. Nobody wants him. He's a munter. I was like, munter? I was like, what, what's that? I've never heard of that word. So, I. I haven't even Googled it. Munter. So there you go. Uh, called him a, uh, his uh, mate uh, called him a munter and said, Andy Stampod, if you ever called anybody a munter. Yeah. So his mate called him a munter and he didn't want them. Are you sure this wasn't a friend of the Connollys? Because they've got an absolute doppelganger of Chris McCann. <laughs> um, is that Butch? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know his real name. I think it might be Butch. Um, um, what about your man that was absolutely banjoed before Monaghan in the Provs? Everybody thought at the first play of the year awards, they all thought he was Chris McCann. That's the guy I'm talking about. The Borough Hoops. He's not the Connolly's, he's the Butter Hoops. Is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, another one from Deco here, he says, looking forward to Carl and Gary's, uh, Carl and Gary tracking Victor 20 <laughs> years from now 
for an in-depth interview about his seven-minute career at Rovers. Literally seven minutes. Um, I will do that if we draw a team from Ukraine and Europe. Then I'll interview him the night before that match. You know, you know this is going to happen. Because we, you know, we like topical interviews. This is 100% going to happen in 10, 20 years. Uh, from the Echo newspaper, it was an unforgettable weekend for the Shamrock Rovers Academy as their under 14 and 15 boys' sides achieved a double success in the EA Sports National League. While the under 14s, managed by former hoop star Graham Garland, defeating Finharp 6 0 in a league decider at Roadstone on Saturday, with their under 15 compatriots reigned supreme at their age grade, courtesy of a 4 1 final round triumph over Cork City at the same venue a day later. Having come out on top of their respective cup competitions earlier on in the season, these results ensure that the two sides end the 2022 as double champions in their own right. And that is the first, pretty much, the first ever Rollstone products, you know what I mean, who have graduated from the ground up. Academy, four years of age, all the way mm. up. So these are the ones that we're going to be looking for to progress and, uh, and, and do well in the first team eventually. Yeah, 14s and 15s, both double champions. Yeah. Brilliant achievement. Brilliant 14s, uh, Gareth's team actually finished unbeaten. Unbeaten double champions. Excellent stuff from friend of the podcast, Graham Gartland. And uh, and have you seen him? He's cheating on geezer clothing. He got his own little collective there. Some Someone else is dressing him for his little jaunts on the television. Uh, here. Yeah, I know, yeah. So um, well done to all the players anyway. And their family's collective achievements all throughout the year, prof. And this was uh, another chat in the backup uh, WhatsApp group. We had uh, Rob Devel. Uh So what's that now? Senior champions, 14 double champions, 15 double champions. Did any other teams win anything? Mark Keating says, yeah, Bowles won best tackles. Best tackles. That's what they literally are bragging about online. They're bragging about Paddy Kirk smashing Didn't Cabo. they post that today, actually? Yeah, yeah. They're bragging about Paddy Kirk smashing Cabo. Tackles. The 2010 born team prof They are currently in Finland And they won the group Up against 8 opponents And won all their matches Some strong teams Like Vitesse and Mitchelland And uh, their uh, success is phenomenal It's a great achievement So well done to all the players And the coaches Yeah and our 2009 squad Got to play Roma In their training ground In Rome So that was very cool And it was a Tonkin 7-0 Tonkin prof we should just say about McCann, I know you were joking there about your shouting at him while you were drunk, but our, like our real opinion... I'm of losing me charm, prof. Our real opinion of him leaving. Sad in a way, because he's a classy, classy footballer. Yeah. But he couldn't quite stay fit. Like, how often did I call out that stat that he started more European games than league games? Yeah. Did he start like four or five league games last season? So... I think he'll possibly become a bit of a cult hero in his stint mm. during during his time at Rovers because there's not many people that could that has that has happened with so that's why it's memorable because who else has, has that type of stat and has played well in Europe in some, in a campaign like this yeah. do you know what I mean well it was crucial because Jack was missing for most of those qualifiers and, and McCann stepped up and he was pivotal mm. so he'll be missed uh, in that regard but I think obviously we're not privy to like Brazzer is shaping up the squad at the moment and there's obviously a balancing act of numbers and wages and he's got incomings and he's got outgoings so maybe that's where McCann well McCann maybe have just wanted to leave anyway but it's it's obviously a balancing act in the squad and well, like I, think, I said I don't, I don't envy him it's some it's mm. a really really tough thing to do we'll, we'll, we'll be talking later about the players we retained and uh, Aaron Green has won them so 
you're kind of thinking, well, if we're going for Keena and Kenny, we've missed out on Whedon. Do we have room for four strikers? So that's obviously the questions Brazza uh, the management team have to yeah. answer. They'll sit down and they know what they want. They want they know what they want going forward and they'll they'll attack their targets. But but um prof we have been getting a serious amount of signings in here for the ladies team for the new women senior side. So the first international Anya O'Gorman after a number of years at P Mount over hundred caps prof hundred fourteen times by Ireland and next was our under 19s keeper Summer Lawless arriving after a brief spell at P Mount. We are raiding P Mount. And she played for Ireland at every level since 15. Finally, a striker, Alana McAvoy, another Ireland underage international, formerly of P-Mount. So, Collier O'Brien working his magic in there. Yeah, so Anya, she was the first uh, marquee recruit of this new uh, Roberts senior women's side. So, that's a real statement of intent, isn't it? Definitely, yeah. It's uh, um, going to be interesting. I'm going to be bringing Maya along. We might have a little section. I think we will have to cover it as well. So, Maya, we might get her thoughts on it. Yeah, at the moment, like we're planning on given this decent coverage next season because it's not an underage side it's a senior side yeah. uh, it's the first women's senior side in seven years um, so, so the next new signings going by the rumours could be Stephanie Roach and young Abby Larkin also being linked so big it's, things it's probably going to be a lot more signings to come because we've obviously had this platform of the 17s and 19s and they're some of them are being promoted but it sounds like the bulk of the side will be made up of new signings from around the league and this also ties in with that announcement that we got the other day um, professional contracts next season for women same as the men so that's a landmark agreement it is it's huge it's a big big thing as well so we're going to be giving it a lot of air time as well Prof, uh, you got a mad random request here. Well, we should mention as well, women's games will be on your season ticket next season. Ah, there you go. So they're perfect, perfect. So get down to Tala, watch the ladies. It's part of your season ticket. Uh, Roy McDoyer, Prof. Mm-hmm. When I saw this, I just laughed out loud. I was like, how how on earth is Prof going to know? Prof's the stat master. He doesn't know these. So Roy McDoyer on Twitter says, Is Anya O'Gorman the first Rovers player to appear on the toy show? Ryan, fuck off. <laughs> he tagged me and he was like after after like half an hour without replying he was like this is urgent <laughs> like prof has no idea like where do you get toy show stats I, do, I did love how somebody in the group asked uh, who's the last player to play in the world cup without being attached to a club and you just replied straight away how the fuck does it <laughs> meanwhile I'm typing I put I put <laughs> yeah. in the answer you actually put it and I was like oh hands up apologies prof <laughs> I had the answer straight away. Lads, will you give him yeah. a minute? It's fucking, the season's gone. Yeah. Give him a fucking minute. It was the Mexico keeper, 2014. Didn't have a club. And I don't know if Gary Bream was the second last incident, but he, uh, 2002, he had no club. We've had a goal, Prof. We've had two goals. We've Oh, the, the, the match, the, the crunch game between Serbs and Switzerland. Now, I meant to say this earlier on. I found this. This is a bit of needle in it because in the dressing room for Serbia, they had a flag saying no surrender around the Kosovo flag. And uh, obviously, this dates back to some uh, tribal warfare that has been involved in the Balkans. But you have a, a contingent of the Swiss team that are Kosovan and Albanian. You've got Xhaka, you've got Shakiri, you've uh, mm-hmm. Barami. So there's a bit of needle there, Prof. Didn't they, these meet before in a group set? They did. Did a drone land on the pitch and ha- with an Albanian flag on it. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah so, so that we, this is Friday night as we're recording. Um, so this is probably going to be all news to people by Monday morning because 
the last 16 gets underway on Saturday um, and then Sunday England, England and France I think are on Sunday so mm. and it's actually 2-1 now prop as well and of course Shaqiri got the opening goal and Mitrovic and Vlahovic as well so this is possibly the golden era for Serbian football as well because they have a lot of good players they've Tadic Mitrovic Vlahovic um, Luka Jovic mm-hmm. former Real Madrid so it's definitely well, uh, well I haven't been a sweep so hopefully but um, they were one of the dark horses but feels like every dark horse in this tournament have just been shit yeah yeah. there's been some surprise exits alright we have some announcements Prof Allen and Manis and Aaron Green are announced as staying so um, we just have well, a note about the Manus one was the worst kept secret ever yeah, wasn't it but, yeah we knew we knew um, Ryan um, Legrew made a great point um, people panicking about Manus would he say would he go <laughs> this is such common sense if he had been retiring the club would have said it before the final home game so that we could say goodbye to him yeah yeah similar to Joey O'Brien so just the mere fact that that didn't happen really should be obvious and apparently in the points everybody was coming up to him going, thanks for all your service thanks for all <laughs> you've been great and he's just like, <laughs> I know he was saying like I, I, I signed him months ago but the, the club it's up to the club when it's this we never know we don't do it we announce it Yeah, we, I'm actually surprised we announced it because we don't we don't announce them we just sign them and then get on with it. So yeah. Um, also, which may go under the radar in those announcements, uh, Darren Nugent, he is back after his long spell at Drogheda. So, um, he, he was kind of in that class of 2019, 2020 with uh, you know Dino, Dino, Brandon Kavanagh, all them. Uh, I'm not going to include Lou in that. No. Um, <laughs> so he was just signed for Waterford, by the way. <laughs> we were laughing about this earlier. Oh my god. Yeah, no, but um, yeah, some potential there with Darren Nugent. He is he kind of a holding. He would. Fielder? I wouldn't even put him down as that. He's like a battler, you know, a battler in the middle, and he got a bit about him as well. He can play ball. He could say a number eight even box to box. But interesting to see him get a new a new deal, and he could feature, you know. So it's mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely more um we're padded in that area in the middle. We've a note about Greener as well. Eamon Mac, our old pal Eamon Mac. He said, thanks for another season, lads. Like everything around the club, bar the horse. The podcast goes from strength to strength. Just put the fucking thing down. Just put it down. Um, great guests this year and the music choices were top notch. Not to mention the launch of Green Ribbon. And I'll be hitting up the four pros to stock up over Christmas. So, excellent. Get yourself down to the pros before McGregor boys and ruins it for us. But yeah, thanks for Amo. And um, no, he continues. Oh, he continues. Highlight for me is probably Aaron Green being on for a full interview before we see the season kicked off. Whatever might be going on with Greener, he's given so much to Rovers in this stint. It's an old story now that he came back from a completely different animal under Bradley on the field, but it's his off-the-field stuff we will miss most when he goes. He's clearly a big influence around the club and totally embedded in it. It was great hearing him on the squad's mentality around things like the Sligo games, clean sheets and butter hands mounting off in the papers. Also think our club carries itself better than others in the league and Greener spoke about it, i.e. the approach of not mounting off about other teams or players in the media and doing your talking on the pitch um, we've more do we we've more yeah. uh, Conor Garris were fantastic as well just to scan through the episodes and forgetting the rings end special what was unreal I love that we have a proper connection to that area that lives on when we moved to Talent my worry was that we would lose the support in areas like rings end and milltown etc and I needn't have worried at all so many good hoops out there keeping the green flag flying high quality stuff so our top top fellas from uh, Greens end you've got Staff Moon our Staff's cousin uh, Kieran Hendrick all the younger lawyers Dan Kyo 
and they're all coming up and keeping the tradition alive of course we'll throw Joe's into the mix there as well yeah no, that was really that was really cool that um, Eamon actually went to your episodes and kind of reflected on what we did in the last year because we did we did uh, if we're ever going to pat ourselves on the back it may as well be now it's come to the end of 2022 <laughs> Spotify wrapped is always great for that yeah. we're going to talk about that that's that's uh, um, like it, that's when the, the curtains get closed and Prof locks the door <laughs> and the Spotify wrapped oh I couldn't wait for the end of the season I just wanted to sleep but um, I'm glad the Rings End show got a shout out because I was, I was quite proud of that one um, bar the squeaky door that was annoying but other than that <laughs> yeah. it was uh, me and I running around trying to stop it yeah but um, no, lovely words from Eamon. He's always championing us, which is uh, fantastic. Um, like you said, the Spotify rap, it's that time of year again where people send us the screenshots where we're hopefully um, the number one. Like we were, uh, for example, Giggsy had us number one, but he had Cody's call fourth. Yeah. Not sure about that one. Rob Lavelle um, has toured. He can get in the bin. Yeah, we had Alan Eustace. Uh we, I think he said he, we were fourth behind Joe Duffy. Joe Duffy. We were, oh, we were behind God. Joe Duffy. And then with Connor Foley, who is not a friend of the show anymore, I think we were fourth. So he can get in the bin as well. But thanks everybody for listening. Big, big shout out to all our listeners for keeping us going as I well. I don't understand some of these figures though, because you, you get your rap to where you get your list, your top five, and it also shows you how many minutes you listened. And some people were getting 5,000 minutes, even though we only produced half that amount. Yeah, so I was like, hmm, you're listening <laughs> over and over, like, in so, the bat. we might have a stalker's gear. <laughs> some people are listening twice. Uh, we Conor Sullivan, Glenmore Flyer, pulls out of Sunday's race in Cork, the Chris Mulhall of horses. Um, Conor Sullivan, can I just touch on him being assassinated on Twitter? By Paul Curry? Paul Curry called him a T-boy. I can't call him T-boy. Connor anymore. Hey, what's up, T-boy? He got called a T-boy. <laughs> I can't Paul believe Curry, him. who clearly searches his own name on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, no that's, another, that's another discussion. We I like Listen, Connor's great and all, but I, when he called him a T-boy, <laughs> I was just like, whoa. There's no reason for Paul Curry to be aware of this conversation about him on Twitter. Yeah, literally, he said it was sent Don't on that. by a friend. You search your name, Paul. <laughs> Every day. Um, um, but yeah a gargantuan put down there by Paul Curry so ticket sales prof uh, 2017 as of the weekend so that's what it was 2017 season tickets already and we already reached number 2023 and that person Dylan Toy Toy Dylan Toy or Toy how do you pronounce that T-O-G-H said won it for free so pre-Christmas deadline is December 5th get Yizzer season tickets so they can be under yep. Yizzer trees <laughs> and oh. I'm delighted because I had actually Abby my eldest we had uh, we were roasting her in the in the kitchen during dinner because she called it a season pass, and when she said it, everyone just stopped. Jaden looked at me, Moya looked at me, we all looked at the girl. We're like, say that again. She's like, a, a, a season pass. We were like, oh, season pass, season pass. We we're like, where are you in America? And then, and then Jaden and Abby were like, you in America? See, like, hey, where's my season pass? Season pass. <laughs> and she was like, it's a it's a pass. It's what you do. You pass and you get in. It's like, no, it's season ticket, Abby. Got my season pass. So when Cougar Cougars. Currently, Santa might bring them. It's not confirmed. Well, Santa might bring them to the kids. But get them. Get them underneath the tree for Christmas. It literally is the best value in the league. Like, I spoke about it before. It's cost me €4 Euro per kid. 
if I'm going to bring them if Sandy brings them their tickets per match for Euro on that note Sligo have also now gone category 1 and 2 similar to what we did last year um, I'm still waiting on the outrage. Um, have you found the outrage, Gary? No, no, no. We only we get outrage, Prof. Only we Doesn't get hammered. Seem to be any. I think clubs were delighted that we did that. You know that. I think they were delighted that we were the first to do that, so that they could say. Always the case. Now we can. Thank do God, it. we yep. can do this That's now. It. Yeah, Robert's yeah. The so we had um, thousand tickets sold in the first twenty four <laughs> hours. That that's impressive. It's deadly. It's the hottest ticket now. It's very it's impressive. Class. North stand um, going up as well. Fill that stand. That'll be a new uh, campaign as well. Yeah. You know what we should do actually, as regards to like filling the North stand when it does open eventually. You could like to get bodies in. We have to be kind of fickle with this. And just maybe give free shit away. Tell them it's gonna be a half time draw for the North stand. Oh, you buy a ticket for the North stand, you might win a signed jersey. You know stuff like that. Get them in. See what happens. The goal is definitely to fill it. Um, it's the summer, isn't it? It's supposed to be completed by. Yeah, but um, club shop. Um, if you go on Twitter, it's the it's twin it's pinned on the Twitter account, so you can read all the opening errors. But but uh, a summary of it is basically it's open every day from Tuesday. So get user earphones. So Sunday or sorry Tuesday to Sunday. Uh, no, don't steal my users. Are you gonna are you gonna I, mention? I, what, I've what, got users. You gonna you gonna mention what it looks like? <laughs> get user new era bobble hats and beanies. You, is there 20 time champion scarves is there mugs bluetooth speakers and earbuds get is there pet bandanas which aren't what you think they are at first glance not a jockstrap and at first glance when I saw a speaker I also thought it was another instrument I had the exact same thought (laughs) I was actually typing in the group I thought no I, just, I won't even say And now I can't unsee it. Like, like <laughs> Rob Dunn said in the reserve group. <laughs> reserve WhatsApp group. I was looking at it, I was like, that probably would sell. We could get we could get a certain overseas hoop to kind of start pushing these fleshlights. <laughs> so, <laughs> the New Jersey Prophet, we're, listen, we don't know what is going on, okay? We're not privy to this information. Umbro have been, they've, they're fucked. They don't exist anymore. Umbro Ireland. Totally fucked. So we don't know what's happening. We don't know if there's new gear coming in. We'll keep you posted with whatever it is and we'll advertise any uh, Christmas gear or anything that's, that's coming out. So we have knickknacks. Well, we have our knickknacks. We have our earphones and our speakers and stuff like that. But as regards to Christmas stuff and arranged... Well, there was a picture of Bert wearing a jersey with two stars and people were like, what's this? That was actually a Photoshop yeah. of him in a Bose jersey. Um, something we didn't we left out on the last... The last podcast was this new gambling law where it was in the news that they're bringing in new rules around gambling advertising. So it'll be illegal to sponsor a team who have any players under the age of 18, which obviously would, well, our underage sides didn't wear the 8-8 sport anyway. But, and I think the 8-8 sport was only a one-year deal anyway. So... As far as we know, they won't be our sponsors next season. In saying that, I have every faith in our board to kind of lure in someone else. We are the top um, draw at the minute. You know, there's there's plenty of people out there. We got criticised for taking that deal last season, but we were left in the lurch by JD Sports and League of Ireland clubs. Beggars can't be choosers. Do you know what this goes back to? This Very goes back limited to the options. Whole, exactly. This goes back to the whole Qatari argument. I like at, at this stage, what I believe. I mean, we 
with the way the clubs in Ireland need finance, if some if a betting company comes in, I'm gonna take it. That's being honest. And you can criticize me all you want. I'll take in that betting company. People do it all over the world. I don't think my horse is high enough to be able to turn around and criticize a club for having a betting company or criticize like it's a Qatari officials for having this and having that. I'm not in that position. If 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 AAA came in and offered a few quid, yes, thank you very much. I'll take that. Who else? We, Betfair. Other clubs have had betting companies as well, but we get the flack for it. We knew this was coming around the corner. Gambling advertising laws will get stricter. But for the climate that we were in, especially COVID and post-COVID, we need we needed a sponsor. Exactly, um, and it worked. We'll see what happens um, the following year. Maybe bring back Woody's or Whirlpool. Gareth's oh, wearing a Whirlpool right Ocean now. Ocean Electrical, yeah. I'm wearing the funky purple one, courtesy of Emma Cullinan and Match Craig winner. Murphy. Yeah, they got a spare one. It's very, very cool. It's funky. It's very European, uh, European away trip vibe, isn't it? With your bucket hat on. It looks like you left a... Pink sock in the wash. <laughs> yeah. um, so the New Jersey, we don't know what's happening. But the mayor and the South Dublin County Council will host a civic reception to honour the three in a row winning Shamrock Rovers squad of 2022, Monday 12th of December in the Council Chambers County Hall, which I'd say will be attended by about six people because they're all on holidays <laughs> and all the players are abroad and they're all having a well-deserved rest. Um, and of course, the big one, Prof, we have the Pride of Rings and Christmas Party, Irish Townhouse, Saturday the 10th at 3pm. Get down to the home of football, where our beloved club was born. Get down to the Irish Townhouse, dump your kids in the corner with a bottle of Cadet and a, co- and a Freddo bar, and say, there you go, daddy is having points. So get down on, we're going to have Gano, Sean Gannon, the most decorated player in League of Royal History. He's going to be there, dishing out the presents, dressed as Santa. Huberman is there. Huberman is there. Um, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be great stuff. More players as well working on them, getting them coming on down. So uh, check it out. 10th of December, the Irish Townhouse, the home of football. The Pride of Rings End doing great stuff for Shamrock Rovers uh, culture. Um, the walking football sessions, Prof, continue at Rolestown. Mick Leach was the post-match guest last week and it was Pat Bourne on Tuesday. So, um, geez, oh boy, I might even get a game down here, Prof. But brilliant stuff <laughs> uh, and it's Mick great. Mick was at this one. Mick McCarthy was, was he? he? He made an appearance. The silky skills and the... I'd say he'd step over in the Arsenal <laughs> with El Mick McCarthy. But brilliant stuff and it's a great initiative. We want to keep it going as well. So go down there if you know anybody interested in the walking football sessions. Keep an eye on our socials. So um, first of all, we're going to move on to the Tifty's Hotline, part two. Yellow... This is Graham Merrigan for Tefty's Hotline. My Rovers highlight of 2022 on the pitch, I think it was Rory Gaffney's winner against Shells. Um, I was up to me tits in worry that we wouldn't get a result. And when you're watching the match, when you when you when you go one behind, then two one behind, and you're thinking, oh Jesus. And then Rory Gaffney comes up with a last-minute winner. You just can't beat last-minute win- winners. So that was brilliant. Um, off the pitch, off the pitch. I suppose like is this off the pitch? But like getting to travel to the three group stages matches, getting to go to Belgium, Norway, and Sweden was an ultimate highlight. It was brilliant. Um, because I was holding out. Um, not making the the previous rounds 
just logistics and stuff like that wasn't wasn't very uh it wasn't doable for me so i was holding out and hoping that we'd i was in, uh, holding out with full intentions of going to all the group stages matches so that was brilliant um will i go to the north stand i don't know i mean it depends on wheelchair accessibility i'm currently in the south stand and have been since the south stand was built but um with the success i suppose of more crowds brings more security measures and and the south stand for wheelchairs is just a bit of a shit show at the moment um it, we could be higher like i mean if you go to the east stand you'll see that the wall um is probably up to our stomach and then when you go to the south stand the wall is up to our chest and then not to mention you have to you're firefighting all the time at stewart's at every match to get out of your way and then one steward will will say oh, i was told to sit here then you have to speak to the manager of the stewards the supervisor and tell them and it's just firefighting at every match so i don't know what i'll do in regards to the north stand uh, i was told that the wheelchair accessibility in the north stand was going to be integrated into the stand but i haven't heard much about that since um the biggest obstacle to rovers winning the four in a row is rovers <laughs> um i don't know i mean i think i think we'll have a better chance next year obviously we have to improve the squad but i think next year um with europe hopefully we get the hopefully we get to the uh, group stages again but at least they'll be spread out to december with no world cup <coughs> the number one player on my shopping list is phoenix patterson um followed closely by mark Connolly. even though we don't need anyone in defense but i think mark Connolly is outstanding um i don't go to fei cup finals where rovers aren't involved i watch them on telly but i, I wouldn't go to them uh, I don't support another club aside from Rovers, so therefore I don't travel. Um, my house is a Manchester United house, and um, my grandfather supported West Brom, so I look out for both. But I don't have any emotional attachment to anyone other than the Super Hoops. Who in the World Cup? I hoping, um, I'm hoping Brazil do. Love Brazil, so and I think they have a great squad. Even their bench is just great, so I hope Brazil win the World Cup um i mean friends and family kind of no one's refusing to watch it because it's in qatar but i think everyone's in agreement that qatar probably shouldn't have got it Um, they're not a football nation first and foremost and then all the other stuff as well Um, what do i dislike about the winter that there's no football Um, the winter months drag on when you're waiting for the football and you're constantly going on Rovers Twitter to see if you sign somebody or I don't know, yeah. So I don't mind winter and that it's like you just get to relax a bit more. Um instead of like going out all the time in the summer. Um so yeah. When do I start usually suffering from Rovers withdrawals? Um say probably after christmas or probably before christmas depending on like yeah i'd say after christmas i'd say once the christmas blues are over you just want the league to start um but when when you're winning things like us all the time now it's great um shamrock rumors best one i ever heard was when padge when padjo 
Yeah, mate, Paddy O'Flynn was playing with Rovers. He used to just always ring me up and just take the piss. And then he wouldn't have rang for a few days and then rang and said, here, put money on, see what odds Kenny Miller is at the top League of Ireland goal scorer. I says, Kenny Miller? Why? And he says, because he's um, Michael O'Neill signing for him. He was training with us today. I was like, feck off. So I rang Paddy Power. They wouldn't give me odds. Told them Paddy wouldn't give me odds. And uh, turned out Paddy was just taking the piss out of me. So Kenny Miller, for about an hour, was a rumour. And then he killed that rumour by taking the piss out of me. Thank you. Hi everyone, um, Nathan here. My highlight on the pitch this season, besides when the league, will probably be the wins against Sligo and Shells. Um, I think they were some po- very important for us to go and win the league. Um, there was an awful lot of talk and criticism at the time about our recent performances and whether we can compete domestically and in Europe as well. And I think those two wins kind of helped us silence the critics really because uh, we played Sligo off the park up in Sligo when usually it's a tough place to go. And we showed up being grind out results as well against Shells in the 3-2. Um, off the pitch, I think the the highlight of the season I, for me anyway was the trophy celebrations. Um, that night, you know, like just with young Josh in attendance and getting to see him lift the trophy and celebrate with the players and the doing the kind of the three cheers celebration that Stephen does at the end of the games was um great to see and you know like it showed that Rovers are more than a football club that it's a family at times and that everyone's in it together. Um, in terms of the, the North Stand, I don't think. I don't think I'll go to the North Stand, maybe for a game. Um, just uh, you know, sit another every other stand in Tallis, so I might as well complete the collection and go and sit in the North Stand for a game. But to be honest, I'm happy in the South Stand and I don't see myself moving. Um I think the biggest obstacle for Rowers winning the four in a row is complacency. Obviously the talent is there, no doubt, and the the strength and depth is there as well. But obviously the other teams will improve and they'd be going to stop us winning the four in a row. Um, obviously we can improve as well with players that we can sign but also where away form I think needs massive improvement um, compared to our, our home form of the season you know it's night and day and I think um, obviously to go and do the four in a row especially next year we need to be able to do a home and away and in Europe as well Um, that's going to be, to be a factor as well so but obviously the football and wise um, with the talent this squad has there's no doubt that we'll win a four in a row but I think it's down to mental strength whether, you know, the players take for granted or not whether we're going to win the four in a row uh, or not. Um, a player that's... The one player that I'd like to see a sign would be Aidan Keane at Sligo. I think he ticks all the boxes for a player that Bradley would be interested in. You know, he's a player that can play up front. He can play out wide. Um, he's in that age bracket that he likes to sign young players at. And we, we know what Bradley can do with um, the improvement of the young players. We've seen it before. Um, and obviously he ended the season last year as the league top goal scorer. So, you know, he ticks all the boxes, you know, get a player in that's you know, can score goals. Um, he's young. I don't think we'll do what Dundalk did and sign a load of randomers from Europe um, that, you know, you know nothing about. I think we'll be more smarter and we'll be signing domestically. And I think if we are going domestically, um, Aidan Keane will be my player choice. Um if Rovers aren't in the FA Cup, I don't bother watching them. Uh, watching it, to be honest, um, I just don't have an interest in the cup final if we aren't in it. And yeah, but other than Rovers, I'd support Man United. You know, I grew up a, a United fan. Um, 
my dad used to go over nearly every week during the 60s and 70s. Um, you know, growing up on stories of like and George Best and everyone else, you, you know, you can't help but um, follow, follow the club. But um, I think over the years, and the more I kind of got into the League of Ireland, the more I got into Rovers, the, the interest in um, United and in top level football just kind of dwindled with me. You know, um, I don't really kind of care as much as I used to about it. Um, but yeah, I still support them. Um, before the World Cup, I would have said Argentina or France would have been my favourites to win the World Cup, to be honest. But after the Saudi win and Spain looking decent as well, um, I think I'm still going to stick with France. I think they just have um, so much talent in that squad to not go and win the World Cup. Um, personally, I don't think Qatar should have been the host for the World Cup. Um, originally, when it was scheduled to be during the summer, like it was just ridiculous with 40 degree heat plus like it got hotter. You're playing out in the desert. Um, then change it to a winter uh, World Cup as well. It doesn't have the same feel and hype around as it would do if it was a summer World Cup. Um, obviously, you can talk about the corruption and how Qatar got up. I think you expect that with FIFA, um, nearly every kind of World Cup in Euros has some sort of um, corruption in it. You know, it usually seems to be a thing of who can bribe the most money. But um, then you have all that going against Qatar. Um, without talk about like you know the people dying, building the infrastructure, the house, the World Cup, and the the you know the human rights violations of Qatar as well. So, but I think that's a that's a whole different story. You'd be there talking about that all day. Um, with the winter is coming. Question: I'm more of a winter person myself. Um, I went to Rome during the summer, and with the when there was I think most of the days it was in around thirty nine degrees, and felt like I was gonna. Uh, combust um, just walking outside the, the, the hotel um, but yeah I just, I'm just built more for the, the cold weather than I am for the the, the warm but I love the I love the holiday season and winter you know around Christmas time and New Year's and things like that I, I um, you know like you, you, meeting up with old friends getting to see family you normally wouldn't see uh, during the year and you know Going, going to an old style, an older pub, you know, nothing beats a, you know, nothing beats a nice uh, point by an open fire. Um, I love the snow as well. Um, the only thing I would dislike about the winter though would be getting up in the dark for work, and then you're getting home, um, in the work as well. I uh, getting home in the dark, um, it kind of feels like I live in like a vampire, really avoiding the sun all the time. So, but yeah, um, love the winter, uh, more than I do with summer. Usually after, in terms of rowers draws, usually after the first couple of weeks, um, I kind of get, it kind of feels like you kind of notice the gap in your schedule and you're kind of stuck in limbo of what do I do now to fill up my time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's you're kind of just biding your time then, waiting around to the league fixtures gets announced and you can start getting excited for the new season. But usually after a couple of weeks, I do kind of feel the, the withdrawal symptoms from uh, not going to games. Um in terms of rumours, um, not really too many mad rumours come to mind. Um, I remember uh, when Robbie Keane was spent, like there, when he left LA Galaxy and there was an awful lot of talk of uh, him doing what Duff did and come back to Rovers and, you know, playing a year or two here and ending his career, kind of giving it a swan song. But I just don't think he was that type of person. I just don't think he'd be, like at the time, he'd like, you know, he, he had no interest. You can say he's no interest in the league and, you know, he kind of went to places that, you know, he made a bit of cash as well. And I think that was kind of proven when he ended up going out to India. Um, 
you know so uh i just don't think it was everything everyone was kind of getting excited over it and i just don't think it was it's something that was ever going to happen um yeah uh thanks thanks again for having us on and uh yeah keep on hooping hi lads i'm sophie i just want to say thanks for having me on the hotline this week and on your podcast my favorite on pitch highlight would definitely be winning three in a row it was an amazing experience to see I was so lucky to see it i know ed has told me in previous years how bad it was so these are definitely the good times um my favorite off pitch highlight was definitely going to two european trips which was ghent and sweden riley wasn't too happy about not going to sweden but he went to malta without me dancing on tables so I was singing karaoke in Sweden without him, so I think we're even. But I absolutely loved it, made new friends, obviously singing karaoke, Don't Stop Believing and Valerie, and I'm definitely saving for next year. I don't think we will move to the North Stand when the new season starts, um, but if the Ultras want to move to the North Stand, we'd obviously have to consider it because that's where the atmosphere is. The biggest obstacle for Rovers winning four in a row, I think, is Rovers. Because if we do our business right in the off-season, no one will touch us again next year. One player I would love to see play for Rovers is Danny Mandrew. He's an amazing player and we'd love to have him back. But looking in a bigger perspective, I would love to see Liam Scales come back. I've seen him play for Celtic and he's an amazing player, but we all know by heart he's a Rovers player. If Rovers weren't playing in the FAI Cup, I don't think I'd be interested in watching it. Um, I wouldn't have any interest in seeing any other games unless Rovers are in them. Um, I support Celtic. I follow them because of Ed and we're a big Celtic madhouse. And of course, Rovers too. And we'd see them um, a few times a year and watch the matches. This year, with the World Cup being in Qatar, I would love to see France win. Um, I don't like the way the LGBTQ AI plus community are being treated over there and the workers who have died from building the stadiums and the poor conditions they are working and living in. I think it's absolutely disgusting and I don't know how it still went through with playing in guitar this year. Although I love the idea of Christmas coming and the Christmas lights walking around town, I do miss Rovers and the Rovers matches every Friday, but I do not miss how cold it is standing in that stadium. I usually start suffering with um, Rovers not being on a Friday is when the next Friday comes around, I realise I have nothing to do. So I decide to sleep. I've recently started college and I'm doing that during the week and I work Saturdays and Sundays. So Friday is my day off to relax and sleep for the whole day. The biggest Shamrock rumour I have heard is James Talbot coming to Rovers. I couldn't stop laughing when I heard this and we couldn't have that shit the bed at Rovers and thankfully it was not true. Just want to say again, thanks for having me on the hotline and on the podcast. You guys are doing great. Um, I really appreciate you asking me and I can't wait to see everyone in February. Peter Richardson here. Uh, the player I'd like to see is bringing in is Aidan Kenna. Or maybe Patterson. My highlight was Gaffney's goal against Shells, the late winner. The buzz around the grounds, outside of the ground, before the big matches and all the atmosphere and all. Everyone walking up to the ground from everywhere. That's the buzz for me. Uh, I think Spain might win the World Cup. I don't think it should have been held there. Uh, blame me away from that. And... Uh, I will watch the football though, and I have been watching it. 
Regarding moving, uh, I've got the primary season ticket already for the South Stand, so, but I'd say if the ultras move and all the singing section goes down there, I'd, I'm pretty sure most people will go down there. Uh, not having a proven goal scorer, I think, coming in might prevent us from uh, winning the league again. Depend too much on Gaffney, and I'd like to see us get an out-and-out striker in. To be honest, like the rumour mills, I haven't really heard any rumour mills of such, you know. I just, it's a bit early in the day for that. I hate the dark nights coming in. Uh, I've already started to miss Rovers on a Friday night, and, you know, what can you do? The World Cup is helping me out with that at the moment. So that's all I can really say. I hope that's covered most things. Just to add to that, Riley, I don't attend any other FAI Cup finals. I'm just Rovers. Uh, I don't support any team in England, really. Obviously, I like Celtic. I used to go over back in the day, but I don't go over anymore. So, just Rovers for me. Okay, bye. It's Pico Lopez here, and these are my 10 questions. The highlight for me this season has to be the Shells game. Obviously, we were 2-0 down at half-time and came back to win 3-2 uh, with Rory's last-minute winner. And the scenes after that were absolutely incredible. <clears throat> it really did feel like we, we took a great step in, in winning the league. And, uh, yeah, just that feeling sort of carried us through to the to the end of the season. I don't think my family and friends will move to the North Stand uh, next year. Uh, I think they're quite happy in the West and uh, to be able to get to see the atmosphere of both, and especially the South Stand. They, look, they love looking at the South Stand from afar. The biggest ob obstacle for Rovers winning four in a row is probably obviously the chasing pack. Um, I think the motivation is there for us to go and win and, and the drive is there to go on and, and try and match this great achievement. So uh, it's obviously uh, it'll be interesting to see how the pack, obviously Derry will be looking strong again and I think other teams will strengthen. So that'll be the biggest obstacle is, is, is performing week in, week out and trying to get as many points as possible. I, I'm not in charge of signing players, uh, so I'll leave that to the, to the gaffer. It's not really uh, for me. I think we need a few more Cape Verdeans in the in the side, so I'll maybe go after Bebe or someone like that. I don't tend to go to the FEI Cup finals unless I don't know, one of my friends might be playing in it or say a Robins runner. Um, I didn't go to the one this year. I watched it from home. It's just, it does be freezing out there when you're not playing, so fair play to all the supporters who, who came out in 2019. I don't support uh, any other clubs, funny enough. Uh, I never really did. Uh, I just can't deal with my weekend being ruined uh, because I couldn't affect anything uh, that another team did. So, yeah, I've never really supported anyone. I love the World Cup um, and uh, every time it comes round, I, I get bet into it and I think I picked Brazil to win it most years and uh, that hasn't changed uh, again for, for this one. So, I'm back in Brazil and uh, hopefully they can put on a show like we know they can. <laughs> what I like about what I dislike I suppose about the, the winter season is the weather um, what I like about it is a chance to sort of uh, recover the body after a long hard season you get to catch up with, with friends and families um, and enjoy ourselves probably do things that you wouldn't normally do during the season so it's, it's a great time to sort of meet up with people have a catch up and, and try new things I suffer uh, withdrawals probably fairly quickly maybe two three weeks but uh, I know it's a good thing uh, I know it's a good thing to sort of uh, uh, get used to missing it because then when I come back in pre-season I know what, what I've been missing for so long and it sort of encourages me to work harder motivates me to work harder and get myself up to speed for the for the start of the season so yeah it won't be too long before I'm itching to get back 
some rumors uh i'm not too sure really i haven't really got many ones but uh i think as far as when i came back from the afcon i i i was linked to a blade and everyone uh don't ask me why or how but uh i remember my girlfriend's auntie uh ringing her and saying hey you never told me that pico's going to italy and then my girlfriend coming back at uh saying that i didn't know he was going either this is all news to me like so that was was the guy was a, a good laugh uh people are telling me i was going off here there and everywhere but there's only one place for me and that's in the Tallaght stadium yeah, so that was Meryl, Nathan, Sophie, Ed's daughter-in-law, and uh, who has a fantastic rendition of Grace in our in our locker. Uh, Peter Richardson and Pico Lopez, bro, pulling one out of the bag with Pico. Pico looking for a couple of, of his teammates to make the trip to Tala. Yeah, he, he thinks maybe Bebe could uh, slot in there. Never mind uh, Kenny or Keena. Uh, yeah, quite like Sophie's uh, contribution, Ed Sol's daughter-in-law. Uh, Talbot shit the bed. She said Talbot he did He did plenty of times And he saw the multi-year anyway So good stuff Keep him over the Daily Mail Although I do feel There was way too much Celtic In this hotline What do you expect Ed <laughs> Ed there For God's sake like, um, um, Mero yeah. as well Mero can you please Pronounce the name Of our podcast Right that was a dig He did that on purpose Who are Thefties Thefties That's a dig He's trying to say We're thieves We're Ooh. coming up On your on your number of podcasts We're going to outcome you We're going to overlap you soon Yeah Mero They did They did have a nice scoop there recently He had uh, Graham Garton on it I know yeah It was uh, It was alright um, It was alright <laughs> <laughs> No I, I love Gareth um, That was a really good interview Yeah He always like He's always conscious of Us hearing from him too much But I feel like I learn something new Every time his interviews, though I always enjoy his interviews. And case in point, um, I didn't know that Rory Gaffney technically retired him because that was the moment was when Rory Gaffney at Limerick left him for dead in a game, and he just thought, "I just not four one," and he just thought, "You know what? <laughs> I can't do this. I'm done. I'm done." We finally have the season prof with the first team are back training in Rollstone December 12th for pre-season. So they, it's cut short, their little pre-season um, holiday. They're going to have the little holiday and then they're back before Christmas. Yeah, so I think uh, when they come back prof, I don't think there'll be big Christmas dinners. Joe Soap style that old prof star would put on a serious feast that that man can conjure up. I doubt they'll be having that one. The calories will be reduced. And um, so you go. We're talking about withdrawals and winter and off season, and I mean, a week and a half now. The pairs will be back in training. They're back, yeah. We'll be talking about fixture this. We'll be talking about friendlies and the freezing cold and roadstone. And uh, we have to make more podcasts. Yeah, that's it. The lack of sleep, prof. <laughs> Bags under the eyes. But that is it for this week. We have uh, we've had a ball, prof. Chatting about the World Cup and summing up our season. But we will be back before. Christmas and we will give you a Christmas session and um, we'll think of something we have a prof has a few little things in the pipeline but we'll have a bit of crack we could even do a little one in the in the four pros prof we could even have a little small Christmas session and have some fans in we'll think about it we'll see how it got on but that's it for this week anyway and uh, so we will keep on hooping see it Uber hmm oh hi Ernie Hey Bert, what are you doing? Hmm. Just uh just thinking. Oh. What are you thinking about, Bert? Oh, my my favorite number. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Gee, oh, that sounds, uh, boring, Bert. Everybody hurts sometimes. Sometimes everything is wrong. Everybody hurts